Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Cadaver Lab podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Sam. And today we are going it's, to, it's, uh, what's the date today? The 29th? 29th. And uh, I'm actually going to have this, this show out by tomorrow night, which is the 30th. Right in time for Halloween. Do you know? Do you know what, what kicks ass about recording tonight? What I've got a Halloween boner for two days. Really? Yeah. It's called priapism. That's Check right. it out. Halloween priapism. Yes. Oh, you need to go see a doctor. <laughs> uh, so basically, today here here's what we thought. We, well, what can we do for Halloween? You know, and we're just thinking, how about we do movies that were that are Halloween classics that you can watch with the whole family, except for your kids and your wife. Uh, so you can watch by yourself around the Halloween season. So basically, we're we're gonna do uh, three movies. Uh, one of them I haven't seen in years, and I didn't like it quite as much this time as I did last time. But uh, and also, a lot of people have been doing these movies. But you know what? They haven't been given the cadaver lab touch yet. That's right. So that, we that's- like to touch it all over the place to make sure. <laughs> That it's it's taken care of. So. <laughs> nice. So so yeah. there you go. That that's what you're gonna get. So uh, let's get into some news. I assume that we do this every yeah. every episode. I'm just so used to going right into it. It's like, this is becoming second nature to me. Of course, acting like a dumbass has been second nature to me from practically my whole life. So we got that part down a long time ago. Uh, what do you got for contests? Start off with that. So contests, we have the. Uh what was Mike thinking? Oh, yeah. Now, I put this up a little late, but we still got some people that, that entered. I've got, I don't have to go back to look to see who wins. Mm-hmm. So we're going to throw the movies out there, and you're going to give it, haven't seen it, don't bother, watch it or buy it. Okay. Okay, and there are three movies. Okay, so the, the first one is Eden Log. Haven't seen it. Okay. Second one is The Haunting in Connecticut. Watch it. And have you seen that one? No. These That's are, okay. These are loaded on my iPod. So and and then the third one is uh, Wishmaster Two, watch it. Yeah, so I, I, so haven't seen it and then watch it, watch it. Sweet. Hopefully, there's not a million people that guess that. Uh, why? What surprise? Well, it's a DVD and then some <laughs> other stuff. So if a bunch of people guess it, I got to go. Uh, I need to go uh, get get uh, some more DVDs from Blockbuster. So Kruger dude won last time, and his prize pack went out today. Sweet action. Two weeks late. Sorry, dude, but it's <laughs> on its way. Listen, I, I'm giving all the contests. Uh, Responsibilities over to you. Well, if you haven't, re- if did, you haven't understood that, yet. did anyone give uh, another video or did no? Uh, let's get spooky spoo- Bill. Let's get spooky Bill is uh, stuff. Yeah, man. so we'll have to get that out this week. We'll put a bunch of stuff put together in that uh, nice prize pack, including uh, a copy. Oh, do we say we're going to go ahead and give a copy of uh, Drag Me to Hell? Well, we did, but that's he get to choose something. I think he used to choose. I'll, I'll hit him up on uh, Twitter or Facebook yeah. or yeah. email him. Yep, that sounds good. Be on the lookout, because probably right after this episode hits, maybe a week after, we're going to be releasing the second Cadaver Tracks. Uh, I want to make a shout-out to Ferguson, who uh, is putting all those together. I want to thank everybody, for who thank all you guys who sent them in, because apparently it's funny, because I'll just get emails from Ferguson saying, dude, so-and-so sent this in, and it's awesome. <laughs> so we really appreciate it. I, I think it's going to make it a lot of fun. Oh, I, think, yeah. I actually think this one's going to be better than the House of the Dead, even though House of the Dead was freaking hilarious. Oh, yeah. But I, f- I felt more comfortable doing it this time. Did you? you? Know? Well, I took notes. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I, you had your novel. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, I watched it before. I wrote down the time in the movie, the running time in the movie, and the funny thing to say. And uh, you'll hear what I came up with. I'm not really that funny. He's like, hey, Sam, tell me. We need to put it up on the screen what the time is on the movie so I know where my notes are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's I right. am retarded. Listen, we... 
contrive everything on this show. <laughs> yes, yes, nothing we do. is off the off the cuff at all. That, that's good news, no. dude. Right. Uh, okay, so uh, just so you know, everybody, I had a chance this week to talk to one of the most illustrious authors in the world, not to mention handsome. Nice. Robert R. Best. Actually, it was really it was really nice of Rob to uh, to allow me to to chit chat with him a little bit. Did I just say that? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm, you I'm a did. freaking woman. Nothing against women, but they happen to say chit chat a lot. Apparently, I, I don't really know. So do squirrels. I don't, wow. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, I ch- I talked with uh, Rob Best about his uh, book Lakewood Memorial, and I, I read it. It's really good. So, uh, and, and basically, I just want to let you guys know that we're going to stick that at the end of the episode. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Also, uh, during that interview, you'll find out where you can pick up his book, things like that. But uh, really, really cool, awesome guy. And uh, lastly of business, I mean, I know we're busting through this real quick. I just wanted to uh, mention to everybody to uh, go visit Tim at spoilers.podbean.com. Basically, it is a horror slash sci-fi podcast. Go go check out the site. It's uh, I actually haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but uh, he has a little something for us a little bit later. He sent us an MP3, but I just oh, want cool. I, I put it on the notes here, so I don't I make sure not to forget to mention it. But uh, I'll I'll talk about this after he uh, after we listen to the MP3 that he sent him. Anyways, you got anything? No, let's do it. <laughs> wow, well, let's, let's just get right let's just get it. right into the voicemail. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Hi, Mike and Sam. This is uh, Steve, Mr. Gray on the forums. Uh, first time call. Um, really liked the last episode. Uh, first, I wanted to uh, say thanks for the little interview with uh, Joe Schreiber. Um, I was kind of curious about uh, Death Troopers. I haven't picked it up yet, but uh, I went to the store and got no doors, no windows. So, uh, Joe, if you're listening to this, uh, do more interviews with these guys because we'll buy your crap. Um, and keep up the... Uh, the horror literature reviews, too, because uh, I love that stuff. Anyway, uh, mostly calling because uh, I promised uh, uh, Metal Mikey that I would uh, explain my story about Deborah Foreman. Um, if you, Sam, since I know you don't read the forums, <coughs> I was a, uh extra in a scene in uh, Lunatics, A Love Story, which was shot in the 80s. I was about 14. And I described in the in the post that... Uh, Deborah Foreman walks down the street holding a plant, and she sees a little yap-yap dog on the ground, and she goes to, uh, she bends over to, to pet it, and before she can reach it, it runs out into the street, and it gets nailed by a garbage truck. Silly scene, but it took, like, all day for them to shoot. And after my little bit where I was uh, an extra, I was about 14, I had a mini mullet, terrible shorts, and it's just embarrassing to see these days, but... Uh, It was the first time I'd ever been to any kind of uh, film set, well, only time, (laughs) and uh, uh, I kind of hung around a little bit, and uh, after my my bit was done, the director is uh, directing the scene where Deborah Foreman's bending over to pet the dog. Now, when she's reaching down to, to pet the dog, the trainer is out of the shot behind the dog, and just before she's going to touch it, that's when the director says, the dog come, whatever the dog's name was. And uh, the dog jerks around and, and uh, runs to her. But the problem they were having was getting the dog to look up at Deborah Foreman while she's reaching down for it. So <laughs> they saw me on the set. They said, uh, hey, kid, help us out with this. And uh, <laughs> they gave me a little, a little uh, uh, Tupperware container with uh, the dog's treats in it. 
And so they have me stand behind Deborah Foreman as she's <laughs> bending over <laughs> to, uh, to, to pet the dog. And I'm trying to stay out of frame, but in order to get the dog's eyeline right or whatever they were doing, they kept telling me, oh, no, get closer, get closer. Now, I don't know if you guys remember Deborah Foreman from, uh, from uh, Sundown of Vampire and Retreat, but she, she was a hottie. <laughs> and I was 14, <laughs> and they kept making me scoot up closer and closer and closer until literally I, I was afraid my, my crotch bump was going to thump into her. And uh, so that's the story. Um, after, after the scene was over, they, they made me shoot it like, they made us shoot it like six or seven times because I had to hold up the treat so the dog, you know, behind her head so the dog would uh, look up. But it, <laughs> it was really, uh, I, I think uh, that was when I really first became interested in women. And, uh, yeah. So there was something else I wanted to tell you guys. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll have you know that it's the, his, what's really funny is the last time I was reading the forums was was about that story. Really? So I actually knew about that, which is which is hilarious. And I'm glad you're able to keep your little mound in control as you well, caught I, up next to his 14 year old mound. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, he has uh, one jump to Bruce Campbell. Yeah, that's awesome, Isn't dude. That we got to cool? use you. We got to start doing it through the callers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that would get. <laughs> We would like pray that someone oh, Ken for a we'd have to go through Metal Ken Mikey for everything. Jerked it to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just kidding, dude, Mikey. That was that was great. You know what? Dang, that is that is an awesome thing to have on your resume. Yeah, it is. You know, I don't know. That's oh, that that's is awesome. Funny. That's great. That's a good story. Hey guys, this is Julie from 19 Nocturne Boulevard. Thought I would say hi. Sorry I've missed you. I hope you missed me. But um, apparently while I was on sabbatical working my ass off on my show, which doesn't leave me any time to listen. Most of my best listening times at my real job. (laughs) Shh, don't tell anyone. Um, I uh, apparently missed out on all the best stuff. Uh, Cannibal episode. The Giallos. I love Giallos. I left you some messages in the forum. And, uh, <laughs> goodness, you guys did everything fun while I was away. I haven't listened to everything yet, and I am kicking myself for missing the House of the Dead thing, because, boy, I'll tell you, I have so many comments about that. But, um, yeah, very, very, very sorry I missed everything. I wanted to say... Uh, I just listened to the um, Shit Hits the Fan episode where you were asking about whether all hot chicks strip and throw them of a fire before they bathe. I don't have a fireplace. I just have a big old picture window with a bunch of trees so that no one could possibly hide there and look in if I leave the blinds open. Now that I've lost Sam... <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, when you were reviewing Evil Speak, it reminded me a lot of 976 Evil. Um, I mean, in tone, you know, picked on kid, makes deal with devil, etc., etc. Thought those might be a fun double feature. Uh, I know there was something else I was going to mention, darn it. I'm challenging you guys to give a listen to my Giallo homage episode, but of course I'll probably lose Sam pretty quickly because I play the, you know... The girl with the, the interesting accent who is talking to a psychiatrist about her roommates who have been murdered horribly and brutally in her dreams. 
Yeah, okay, now that I've lost Sam. <laughs> All right, I'll call back if I think of anything else I absolutely have to say, but I hope you guys miss me. Don't think you scared me off. I was just doing other things. I'm debuting my new show soon. It's called Bingo the Birthday Clown, and it's so twisted. It's like you took a 50s kids show and crossed it with uh, The Prisoner or Lost. Yeah, if that doesn't make you twitch, I don't know what will. Have a great day. Did you know that Julie had a show? <laughs> yeah, I knew she had a show. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Okay, just teasing. <laughs> no, by the way, you know, I, I should check out that Giallo episode. In fact, ever since we've done that, I've been... I, I've, I, I mean, I can't believe this since they're not technically horror movies, but I've watched two since then. And ask mm-hmm. me what their names are. What are their names? I, I don't remember. Oh, Something really? awesome. But I, 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 it's funny because it, it took me a couple of days to watch. And I did watch uh, I did watch uh, the one where I uh, I kept mentioning it the other episode. What was that? Uh, Strip Nude for Your Killer. Oh, yeah, you told me. And then that, so, I, so I did watch that one. But... Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember the name of the other one. The other one was kind of boring. What's up, Mike and Sam? This is Richard from West Michigan calling about the uh, Cannibal Show. It was awesome. Loved it as usual. Uh, this is mostly for Sam. I uh, wanted to call and make an offer. He said that he would eat a cock for ten grand. Well, it just happens that I've got one laying around. I'm a post-operative transsexual. The doctor was nice enough to let me keep what he cut off. Uh, I don't have 10000 I do have 50 bucks, though. I know it's not much, but to be honest, my dick really wasn't that much either. In fact, it was so small when I used to use the bathroom, I sometimes would pee on my own nuts. So, well, anytime you're up here in West Michigan, I got 50 bucks. Uh, well, I've got to cut this call short. My uh, crimson minge seems to be leaking. When I say crimson minge, I'm talking about my red box. My oozing, smelly, man-made red box. Bon appetit, bitches. <laughs> oh, uh, man. <clears throat> I'll just make sure I don't get to Michigan anytime soon. <laughs> you know what? By the way, I thought that, and uh, in, in, I'm not joking, I thought that uh, when uh, uh, transsexual, a post-op transsexual actually had that uh, the operation, that it was basic... Uh, standard procedure to sun dry the rest of the. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I really thought you were going to be serious, no. dude. Oh. I am. Uh, oh. That was okay. So I think don't they split the like if you cut a hot dog right, split it in half. Isn't that what they do? With the Frank, and then they split it open and make it into, like, I, labia? Dude, are you kidding me? How am I supposed to know that? What? You gave me that documentary <laughs> on transsexual uh, mutations. Or yeah, but you were done whacking it after about <laughs> ten minutes. Don't tell me you got that far into it. <laughs> Listen, don't you don't blame that shit on me, because when I opened up the DVD case, there were, like, five pubes on it. So, <laughs> so you were the one that doing that <laughs> shit. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Stace from Creepy Catch, although you probably can't tell from my fucked up voice. I just wanted to call in and... God, I sound terrible. I just wanted to call in and give you guys a book recommendation. I got the audiobook for The Exorcist recently. And uh, in my humble opinion, it's scarier than the movie. I listened to the book, which was narrated by William Peter Blatty, who if he ever decides he hates writing, can go into a pretty lucrative career in voice acting. And then I watched the movie, and uh, there's so much more to the book. It is 
it is hair raising. Seriously, perfect for this month. Uh, I just highly recommend you guys give it a listen. I got it on Audible. It was pretty cheap. Uh, blah blah blah. You guys know the drill. Check it out. Okay, I'm gonna go. I don't know. Die. Bye. That was awesome. <clears throat> you sounded terrible. Yeah, I can't believe you even broke out a call. You know what? We appreciate it. I thought I actually actually thought uh, you were kind of playing a trick on us there. <laughs> <laughs> but the first time I the first time I heard it, which was which is probably a week ago, because you know I scan I scan the calls from time to time. Yeah, you got to screen them. Yeah, well, no, I are there's you kidding like, me? Did like you 12... hear that one from Richard? Well, yeah. Do you think I screened that? There's like twelve people that are not allowed to call anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, everyone's allowed to call. <laughs> Anybody looking for fur burger is not oh, allowed. To call. Oh, that's right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you know what? That's actually a great idea because I've, I've seen the movie a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. But uh, if there's that much extra stuff in there, I'm going to check that out. In fact, uh, Audible would be a good place to look. No, by the way, I've been uh, I've been keeping up with cre- the creepy kitsch gals, mm-hmm. Stace and Sins. I've and been on their side a couple times. You know, it's pretty cool. I'll be honest with you; they are probably the two. What's a good what? How, what's a good word to describe them? Not like wacky, but Zany. like zany. Well, those are both I think good words, but uh, I think they are probably two of the most hilarious females that yeah. I've ever known oh, yeah. in my life. Yeah, of course she didn't sound show. that funny there because uh, she didn't. She just she sound, didn't tell us how she got that uh, that horse throat. Something stuck. Yeah, we, she didn't tell us. <laughs> I, she I'm left a, it to the imagination. I'm, assume, I'm assuming she's sick. <clears throat> yeah, I, I'll assume that too. <laughs> hey guys, this is Tony from Arizona. Just getting caught up on some of your last episodes. I think it was episode forty-three. Wow, is all I can say. Ass wiping techniques and penis eating. Man, that's some fine podcasting. Hey guys, love the show. Keep up the good work. Uh, talk to you later. Take care. Bye. What? I don't know what he's talking about. What was he listening to our episode forty-three? No, he's listening to JFMP again. <laughs> That silly little bastard. Yeah, what's he doing talking about that stuff? Well, he's you know he's busy with the thirty days of douchebaggery. Every once in a while, he gets on record something about ass. Was it ass eating and penis wiping, or what? Or was it was it the off? I don't remember. I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I blame Richard from Michigan for all of this. Yeah, he by started the way. something because horrible. I was in such a serious mood. I was about to, I was about to just like. Come at come at these guys with a whole new angle of nothing but seriousness and ways to open people's minds. But then Richard said that, so I blame him for any of the shit well, that goes I'll on the rest what, of the episode. I was going to be on my best behavior unless somebody said that their penis was so small they pee on their nuts. If someone said that, I was going <laughs> Can off. Can you believe that, yeah, that someone said that? Dude, the, the, the odds that that wow. would have happened. But I promised myself... <laughs> Sorry, boys, I still don't have a fax to send you. I just wanted to call in to say, well, now you've really gone and fucked things up, okay? You got fit Ken for a pissed off at you. I told you you should have been there. I told you. Maybe there was a reason I kept calling you and telling you you should have been there. Maybe Ken Forey had a gun to my head. Did you ever think of that? No? Okay. Well, if I disappear off the face of the earth, you'll know that he just stepped on me because that's how big he is. Now, on another subject, um, the lady that called in with the pet peeves, and I can't remember her name because, you know, I can't remember names. But um, my pet peeve in horror stories or movies is when someone develops an entire story 
or movie or book around some infection and then can't even get the medical aspects of said infection correctly. Like, if you don't know how to deal with medicine, don't make an infected movie or write an infected book. Hmm. Oh, yeah, and I'm sorry, guys, Spooky Bill um, and whoever else, but I just thought paranormal activity totally sucked. Um, I know there are three endings out there. Everyone that's seen any ending that does it like it has seen a different ending than me, so I'm just thinking they're all bad. But I did enjoy Carriers, um, not for any zombie thing, or the the infection was just uh, another backdrop of, you know, the inhumanity of humans. Um, so it was a pretty good tale, some cliched parts. You know, these um, educated, sensitive brother of the um, tough, good-looking, testosterone-ridden brother, that sort of thing. But still, the story was good. Okay, if y'all keep offending me, I'll have to call you back some more. So watch it. Okay. Have a good night. Florida Possum out. I love Listen. it when she calls. Well, you know, you know what? You know what pisses me off? What? Now she calls. Okay. Before we were thinking she was just being all mean, saying, uh, "Um, yeah, you should be here up your guys's because you guys are dumb." Listen. If Ken Foray is going to kick our ass if we don't show up, we would show up. That's right. We didn't know until it was already over. Now, now the thing is, now I got to watch behind my back. I, I guess he's not probably not that good at stealth moves. I mean, I, I'm sure he's not like a ninja or anything like that because I, I think he eats ninjas for breakfast. <laughs> but still, you know what bums me out too is that I just, uh, I just got I was going to watch. Paranormal Activity. Yeah. I actually, I've been trying to watch it this whole week. Yeah. I was going to maybe throw it in tonight, but that bums me out a little. You mean go see it tonight? <sighs> I was going to go see it tonight at yeah. the uh, maybe midnight to 1 a.m. showing. I was going to go try and see it tomorrow because I've, I've been working my butt off all week and so uh-huh. I had a little bit extra time. But I'm probably not going to go see that tomorrow. Pandorum was the same way. I heard that sucked. Pand- you know what? It depends on who you ask because oh, yeah? uh, Ferguson said that was pretty good. Oh. But uh, he, he also really liked, I think he uh, I think on the forums he said he liked the uh, soundtrack and stuff. Well, he said that he would. He had a, cho- a choice to go to school, to, to go to class, or go to Pandorum, and he chose Pandorum, which was a good choice. Yeah, right. Listen, there's, you know, there's really no comparison there. Right. I would go watch uh, Twilight. Instead of go to class, probably. I wouldn't. You know what? Depends on what class. You know what? Did I did I mention on the last episode? I think I I've seen. Oh yeah, you didn't. Wait, you told me in between. All right. So this brings up this brings up something that happened to me this weekend. I've got a vagina. <laughs> that was that was Sam, and that was that line was unrelated to anything we've been talking <laughs> oh, about. Oh, he really? just decided. Okay. okay, so I basically made a bet with my wife. What was it? Oh. <sighs> Every episode of The Ghost Whisper ends the same damn way. I made a bet with my wife where it was about halfway through it and I said, you know how this is going to end? This and this and this. And she said, nope. I, I, she, I go, dude, I promise you. I didn't say dude. I didn't call it dude. But <laughs> I go, I promise you this is how it's going to end. She's like, I've seen this one before and I know how it ends and it doesn't end like that. I'm like, you are full of crap. So we basically made a bet saying that uh, if, if she was right about the ending – then I would have to watch Twilight, and if I was right, she'd have to watch The Devil's Rejects with me. Ooh. Well, she won. So I uh, I had to watch the T-Dub. I will never say its full name. I 
I hated it. I mean, I don't want to be a dick about it because, I mean, I, I don't know how much we've talked about this before, but I really do not think that I am the target demographic for that movie. <laughs> really? I, I really, I mean, I, I think that it's like, I think I'm getting to the point where I'm getting so old that I just don't want to put up with like high school BS type stuff. You know what? I don't. I don't even want to say it because I love a lot of movies that were in high school. In fact, what was that one that me and you went and saw with uh, Jennifer's Body? Jennifer's Body, yeah. which I didn't hate. Yeah. I mean, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. That was all in high school. So let know? me ask you something. What? So what do you think the demographic is for diamond encrusted vampires? What, what would you say the demographic is for that? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I would say that it's for girls between uh, maybe thirteen and fifteen, fourteen. Yeah, around there. Okay. I don't. Do, do you think? Uh, listen, yeah. I've never. I'd say, I'd say pre girls. I'd say holy that. sh. <laughs> so glad. so pre. No, I cannot believe you said that. By the way, why? I'm beeping that out. <laughs> no, you're not. But uh, um, I haven't read the book, so I don't know how the books are. And I'm not. I'm never going to read the books. I mean, the books are all right, but you know what? She just. It's a lot of the same. Uh, romantic crap, but I, I enjoyed the storyline just because I didn't know where it was going. But now that I know how the whole thing ends, I w- if I would have known that that's how it was going to end, I wouldn't have read them. Well, either way, you know, the, who, now who called in? Somebody called in, I think it was Metal Mikey, and we're probably talking a couple months ago mm-hmm. about how, was it him when he was saying, oh, I don't really like vampires because, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was and it was just a, it was a blanket statement, right. and I'm like, Oh, you can't make a blanket statement. You know what? And I still agree with that. However, with all the BS that's been going on lately in vampires, it is it has put a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. Because you know, I I'll be honest with you, I felt like I was maybe a little naive saying that that uh, give vampires a you know don't be sick of vampires because blah 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 or whatever. I can't remember what I said. But the thing is, between this and I watched about five minutes of uh, what's that show on CW. Um, the oh, Vampire Diaries. Yeah, and I didn't mean to. I was just well, I, I meant to, but I was just flipping through, and it was on. So I, went, I, you know, I stopped and it was like halftime at a game or something like that, and and I watched it. And I was like, un freaking believable. I, you know what? I can completely understand why people are tired of vampires. If that, if that's what's, if that's well, what's hopefully that book, The Strain. I hope they make that into a movie because uh-huh. that would bring it back. But we're gonna have four years of Twilight stuff. Well, we have four years of it, dude. I don't know. You know what I'm kind of bugged about too. Am I am I a little negative today? I don't. We don't mean, want to do that. We were talking about before be. the show. Yeah. That we don't want to whine about stuff. Yeah. But. Well, and, and this just is a little bothersome. Is I got the new Fangoria, and it had uh, it had the the guy with the dreadlocks. I guess he's a werewolf in New Moon or something, on the cover. Oh no, he's another vampire. He's Laurent is his name in the movie. <laughs> uh, pussy alert! Uh, that was a that was a test that you just. Uh, he was been. a. I was watching another movie, and he was a uh, he was the bartender. Oh, really? I don't remember what it was, though. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know what the thing is? Is I'm I'm going to take back everything I said because you know what I'm I still on principle I can say that yeah you can't make a blanket statement like that, but with all the stuff that we've been fed lately, I I don't want to sit here and say I don't understand because after yeah. watching Twilight, I honestly I think that's I don't think that's the worst movie I've ever seen. But I think I would. There aren't very many movies that I would um, rather not watch. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, uh, I'd move my luxurious beard out of the way of my phone as I think it's getting in the way. Um, Born here, um, and I forgot to bring this. I forgot to even voicemail about the whole uh, crumple fold thing with the uh, toiletries. I guess I would be considered a, a poopy finger of the Shire. 
um, listening to the beginning of your newest episode. Uh, yes, I have a tendency to wipe towards the tank, and I look at it, make sure it's, you know, whatever consistency or whatnot, and I fold the piece of paper, and I wipe again with the same piece. Sometimes, which is, a lot of people would think is disgusting, I dip the paper in the to- in the water, you know, with pee and poo or whatever, and wipe my ass. Sometimes I even use baby wipes, which is probably the best thing to use, or like disposable wipe that you can um, flush. Oh, it's the best because it doesn't hurt if you push too hard or if you have like a what the hell are they called? Um, what the fuck are they called? Oh shit! The little nuggets of flesh that are in your asshole that burst and bleed all over the place. Um, uh, can't remember what they're called. Hemorrhoids, hemorrhoids. If you have any of those, use baby wipes. It doesn't pop them, make them like rupture them, make them bleed. Um, you know, and I end up before I flush, I even check it to make sure, just to see how it looks. Then I flush. I hate those auto flushes because I never get a chance because once I stand up, it's already gone. It really kind of drives me absolutely bonkers. Why am I telling all you this? I don't know. I really have no idea. Maybe because it's late and I've been watching William Castle films all night. Um, and just doing editing for Steve on this luxurious occasion of the 30 days of douchebaggery. I uh, hope you guys are doing your part two, and hopefully we'll get it out by the end of next week so we can maybe start this soon. <laughs> Hell be damned, you two friggin' mutard bitches. Get that? Yeah? Yeah. You know you know it. You're gonna, this is how it's going to be. I'm going to bring you down. I'm going to bring you down to Chinatown. Shorts and shove some moo guy pan up your ass. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, what? You want to start? Later, guys. I feel like I just went on <laughs> a, a cross-country voyage with Vaughn. And you he just opened up <laughs> just started talking. First of all, that is the first time that we've ever been challenged to a fight. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, on the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, you know what? I accept. <laughs> no, you know what the thing is, is? I don't know. Bond seems to have a... First of all, why he would call in with all that information and think it's it's uh, applicable to us or anything, I have no idea. He, they're getting no us messed idea. up they, with that other dude. Anyway, um, but since he did, he, got, he sounds like he's got enough problems of his own. I think that... Uh, I don't think we should <laughs> go fight him. <laughs> uh, by the way, have you done all your stuff for the 30 days of uh, Lovecraft? Go. I'm good to go. Are you really? <laughs> I was just asking you if we were supposed to be doing something. You're supposed to let me know about that. What am I, like your mom? You've been getting emails, I assume. Oh, no. No. Yes, you have. No. Really? No. I get some of the emails, and it's just like, hey, this is going great, or this is what we should do. I haven't got any emails that said, Sam, do this. Well, nobody has. You're supposed to figure it out yourself. You're supposed to be self-reliant. You're supposed to be motivated to do this stuff. Oh. It's all right. I haven't done anything yet either, but I will tell you. That it's about time we got our asses in gear. Well, I've got some time this week. Yeah, well, let's <laughs> let's do it. He looks at me like, no, <laughs> let's do it. What the? F- no, I'm gonna. We, we, I got last soccer game was tonight. Let's do it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Sweet. You know what? What we're gonna? You know, that's a good thing. We'll, we'll have a we'll have an offline discussion all about right. that. But just so everybody knows, uh, first of all, the first thing that we should say about the douchebag uh, podcasting network. Is it the douchecast? Is that we've actually got it on iTunes, so you can subscribe on iTunes now, which is huge. Secondly, Stephen uh, Thompson from JFMP has been working his balls off 
on this uh, this this love this HP uh, Lovecraft extravaganza that we're going to have going on. Um, and actually, he, uh, it's been him, and I know James has got some stuff done, and Jeff from over it, it came from the basement, and uh, uh, Dave from uh, Cheap and Dirty. It's it's funny because I don't think I don't think Vaughn Vaughn hasn't put out a, a, an episode. Vaughn's I think Vaughn's been working on it too. I think basically everybody Didn't he get married too. Well, he he's getting married in the beginning of the year. Oh, I so and I don't know why, but he's in he's in all of the uh, making all the the decisions and stuff like that right now. I don't know what it. I just let my wife take care of that, and I just showed up. Yeah, what are you <laughs> doing, man? <laughs> Wuss. But uh, I wonder why you have hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> no, but everybody, it, it's going to be great. And these guys are are taking it really. Uh, they're, they're trying to be really not like totally super serious about it, but they're actually trying to put together a lot of content that'll be valuable. And uh, last longer than just you know the, the podcast. Is, is HP Lovecraft now? Is that is that a type of boat, or what? What is that? <laughs> just going back to the early days when I could ask questions like that. <laughs> you know what? I I knew you were kidding that time because uh, because if not, I would have to squeeze your nipples actually hp lovecraft is the nickname for my junk really the high performance lovecraft <laughs> oh yes <laughs> no anyway so everybody go check that out and uh, i think sam and i are going to try to bust some stuff out it starts in november so it actually starts sunday hey mike and sam spooky bill here just wanted to give a shout out to ferguson man you did an awesome job on skedaver tracks everybody who contributed did a great job but uh i think uh it was hilarious. I don't think uh, I've ever enjoyed a movie uh, uh, as much. Um, I wanted to say that uh, the whole Tyrone spiel just had me busting out and has become one of my new favorite sayings, even though nobody knows what I'm talking about. And I just come off like a big nerd. Um, but yeah, I am. Anyway, I married the two onto a, uh, onto a disc, and I've been given, uh, well, I haven't given it yet, but I've been making copies to give some friends. So hopefully they'll, uh, you know, know what I'm talking about. Anyway, funny, funny stuff. Working on Tamara. Uh, t- Tamara, sorry. Um, yeah, having problems with that, but I'll get it in. I'll get it in. And the bumper for Cadaver Tracks had me crying. I was laughing so hard. Um, anyway, that's all I want to say, guys. Keep up the great work. Ferguson, awesome job. Okay, bye. You know, I've said it before, and I will say it again, that Ferguson was made for Cadaver Tracks. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. Listen, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it's the pinnacle of his life. You know, I'm not saying that he hasn't accomplished great and wonderful things, but I will say that he's never accomplished great and wonderful things as funny as that. That was really funny. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so uh, Tamara should be out in just a little bit. So, um, you know, like I said, a week after this gets posted. But everybody check it out, and then you, you sh- everybody should be sending those in because yep. it, it's, it's a great time. Do it's we know what we're doing do. in November? Uh, no, no, I don't know. I don't know yet, but, uh, actually I think we do. We, I think we're going to be doing zombie two. Oh, cool. But, uh, that is not official yet, but, uh, we'll definitely let you guys know. Awesome. Hey, this is Alan calling in. Just wanted to wish you guys a happy Halloween. Hope it's a badass one. Have a good one. Bye. Alan loves Halloween that much that it was important that he called us and wishes a happy Halloween. I've never heard from Alan before, but Alan... I am happy that you love Halloween that much. Well, that is cool. What, what are you That's saying, cool. you dick? No, I just I, we never heard from him, and he calls in and sincerely wishes us happy Halloween. He must really like Halloween because that's the reason he called. That's cool. Are you really? I'm being dead serious. 
I think that's cool. Dude. I can't think of something that I feel that passionate about and that I love that much that I would pick up the phone and call like someone's podcast about. Just, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I would call to be funny about. Do you know what I did today? Today. What? I felt so passionate about how bad Carlos Boozer sucked in the opening game of yeah. the Utah Jazz season. I called my dad just a bitch about it. Yeah, but Alan's never called our show, and he wanted to wish us Happy Halloween. I hope That's he has a good one. I, hope I do, too. You know, I'm actually really stoked for this Halloween. Sto- uh, more stoked than I than I am typically for a couple of reasons. First of all, I get to go see Die Monster Die live with backstage passes. I'm going to be filming stuff for the Salty Horror Film Festival. Oh, that's awesome. We're going to, we're going to sit them down, and, I, and I, we're going to do an interview for that. So check out the SaltyHorrorFilmFestival.com. So Are that, you going to uh, be on the video? I doubt I'll be on the video. So people can see you in action. Um, tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a picture of my schlong yeah. and stick it on there, and then you'll see the action. Listen, I want, to, I, want to, I want in on that, and I want you to take pictures <laughs> of my schlong, and I want to do stop-motion animation. We'll do and we'll make, like, a sword fight. <laughs> and, Richard, I should kill you for starting us on this tangent. No, but I am totally stoked because, you know what, it's, 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 I, it's actually perfect. And, you know, who knows if this is going to make it into the show. Basically, I get, I get to hang out with the kids from about 6 p.m. till 7.30 and which is perfect prime time trick or treat and fun stuff and then they go to the they go to her parents party i get to go to die monster die and i don't have to go to the party wow <laughs> that works out how do you work well. that out i'll tell you what i'm the You're mother of man <laughs> yeah. no you know what i hope I don't know. I hope everyone has as good of a Halloween as I do, but I doubt you're going to. Sorry. Yeah. No. What do you do? So thanks, Alan. Cool, man. <laughs> All right. We need to give this next voicemail a little bit of an introduction. Now, from time to time, I'm sure somebody picks up the phone to call us up and is a little bit worried about, I don't really like to leave messages. You know, I, I might say something stupid, and then it's too late they know. Ken Foray actually you know, tried it out a couple of times, made sure he knew what he wanted to say, uh, and the uh, funny thing is, is he sent us in the outtake. So let's go ahead and listen to that. Boop. This is Ken Foray. Cadaver Lab, if I ever catch you in a dark alley, I won't hesitate to fuck the gag reflex out of you. Ah, uh, cadaver. Boop. That's cadaver salve. Boop. Cadaver. Boop. Cadaver salve. Boop. Mitch and Dan. Boop. Mike and Dan. Boop. Mitch, Mi- Mike and Mike and Sam. That's not right. Boop. I will grab you, rip out your soul, and wipe the stink from my hang down. Boop. Ha <laughs> ha, cadaver. Boop. I actually know Rob Zombie personally. Don't let that get around. Boop. Ken Foray. Ha ha. Boop. You. Dead. Your family. Dead. Your cat. Doing quite well. Houseplants. Not so good. Boop. So I'm Ken Foray. Then which one's Tony Todd? Boop. That is nice. <laughs> you know, I'm just glad he decided to take the, the yeah. time in order to get it right. Actually, that was Tim from uh, spoilers.podbean.com. Oh, that's good. So, see, that, that's him. Go check out his podcast. It, uh, it's, it's, I, I have a feeling it's going to be fun. Yeah. Anyway, so um, that, are, that is all the voicemails that we have for today. Um, I guess now what, what we do is uh, go to a break and... Is that right? Are, we, is that, are you sure? What? We go to a break and then do movies? Or is that what's next? I don't know. We haven't been doing this for very long. Or yeah, anything like I'm that. not sure about that. I think we have to w- talk about wiping our taint. What? Why? A little more. Why? I don't know. For some reason. 
every time I try to sleep, I hear the voices. The voices. Speaking to me. Dark whispers and forbidden dreams. They say that the time is right, that the stars are almost right, and November, it's coming. Thirty days, thirty shows, the thirty days of douchebaggery, the tribute to H.P. Lovecraft from the Douchebag Podcasting Network. Subscribe now at douchecast5k.com. Oh, the douchebaggery. Is that ever going to get old, really? Oh, dude, never <laughs> is it going to get old. <laughs> I scare myself when I go back and listen to our podcast, uh, so I know that gets other people. That's the second bark of the night, by the way. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, thanks for the voicemails. Those those are always so much damn fun for us. I still blame Richard for everything <laughs> for the rest of the episode. I just want to make that clear. Yeah, thanks, dick. Whoa! Well, okay. So I'm we- sure people call him that. Well, yeah, but not because Dick's a nickname for Richard. <laughs> that's what I was doing. Oh, okay. Right, yeah, right. Uh, okay, so we chose three flicks that we figured, you know what? Every Halloween, there are a certain amount of... I mean, you can watch horror movies all throughout the year, and none of them have any real special place uh, you know, that, that brings in the, the Halloween spirit. But what we did is we decided to, to choose three movies that kind of meant Halloween, at least, at least to me. Um, one of these is actually really new. 
So, but we've watched it, and I, it just seems like something that's going to become somewhat of a tradition from now on. But we chose Young Frankenstein, Halloween 3, and uh, Trick or Treat. Let's, get, let's just go right into it. Uh, title of Young Frankenstein was made in 1984. It's coming from the deep, dark recesses of the mind of Mel Brooks. I love him. Young Frankenstein. Sky means business. Ah! Young Frankenstein. Oh dear, nothing left. What shall we throw in now? Starring Gene Wilder as Dr. Frankenstein. That's Frankenstein. But what about your grandfather's work, sir? My grandfather's work was doo-doo! Peter Boyle as the monster. Marty Feldman as Igor. My grandfather used to work for your grandfather. I'm sure we'll get along splendidly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Loris Leachman as Frau Blucher. You played that music in the middle of the night. Yes. To get us into the laboratory. Yes. And it was you who left my grandfather's book out for me to find. Yes. So that I would. Yes. Then you and Victor were. Say it. He was. My boyfriend! Terry Gar as Inga. Would you like to have a roll in the hay? Roll, roll, roll in the hay. Kenneth Mars as the inspector. And Madeline Kahn as Elizabeth. Where am I? Calm down. What are you going to do to me? I'm not afraid of you. Listen, I, I have to be back by 11.30. I'm expecting a very important call. Kill the monster! Storm the castle! It's midnight! See Mel Brooks' Young Frankenstein. Yes, I think we could all use a good laugh. But don't see it alone. Don't miss... Young Frankenstein, personally directed by Mel Blazing Saddles Brooks in black and white. No offense. Uh, IMDb gave it an 8.0. Director was Mel Brooks, uh, the awesome Mel Brooks. Uh, what's your favorite Mel Brooks movie? I would have to say Spaceballs. Spaceballs is yeah. awesome. I, I love Spaceballs. I would have to say that my favorite, though, is uh, Blazing Saddles. I haven't seen that. Oh, what? I have not seen oh that. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to back that up from Netflix because that, yes, I've that, heard that. That over is and over. so funny. I'm now going to take so much shit. He, he, you know, he's uh, he's actually produced movie upon movie upon movie. He's directed quite a few. Uh, he did another horror spoof, uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It, hmm. with uh, what's that one guy's name that's in all those, uh, like the scary movies? And he was in Police Squad and then did, uh, he wasn't in Scary Movie, I don't think. Come on. Steve Gutenberg? No, uh, come on. No, that's Police Academy. Come on, the, the guy with the white hair? Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, the budget for this movie was, oh, by the way, it was written by Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks. Hmm. Uh, the budget for this movie was $2.8 million. It grossed $86.3 million. So quite a 
a money maker. Uh, starring Gene Wilder as Dr. Frankenstein slash Frankenstein. Uh, Peter Boyle, who, by the way, Peter Boyle, my, my youngest son, when he was like maybe a year old, looked exactly like Peter Boyle. <laughs> and that is not, uh, that's not very flattering. But anyways, he played the monster. Uh, Marty Feldman played Igor. Cloris Leachman played Frau Blucher. Uh, Terry Garr played Inga. Madeline Kahn played Elizabeth. And uh, there was a short cameo by uh, Gene Hackman, who played the blind man. When the will of Dr. Frankenstein, the famous scientist who attempts to reanimate dead bodies, is opened, his grandson Frederick, who's become a skilled neurosurgeon and teacher and has cut most ties with his family due to his grandfather's experiments, is given the castle where all the experiments were made. That is one hell of a run-on sentence. And, uh, that was all one that sentence? Was one, anyways. Wow. Uh, upon his arrival, Frederick finds and reads through his grandfather's book about a series of experiments and discovers that they might, in fact, work, assisted by Igor, the grandson of Igor, who assisted Victor Frankenstein and Inga, the attractive lab assistant. He successfully reanimates a body which soon escapes and creates havoc. So what do you think? This, this is a funny show. Um, I, I saw this for the first time... Probably four years ago. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, we decided to rent it out for Halloween, and uh, you know, I thought it was kind of funny, but it wasn't. It was a little bit too much of the slapstick uh-huh. for me and stuff like that. There's a ton of that. But I went back and watched it this time, and I I thought it was I thought it was pretty funny. I Dude. mean, it was more funny this time than it was last time. For, I'm going to make a couple of points. First of all, Terry Gar has been in a shitload of movies, but never has she looked this hot. Have you seen her lately? No, I have not seen her. In fact, I mean, I I look at her in like Mr. Mom. Yeah, I didn't think she was that cute. Right. I mean, I thought she was like just some old lady. But it's amazing what black and white does for you. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But I, th- I mean, this was made in 1974. I was 84. Born- it has 74 here. You said 84 to start it. Well, it's 74. Okay. If it's uh, if my I did, bad. If I did say 84, and Sam does not have wax in his ears, you did say 84. But now that we've corrected it, we're not going to get 50 million emails about it being wrong. By the way, you know what's funny is we didn't get one email for our big mix-up last episode. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> what did we say? It was fi- that uh, Blood and Black Lace is 55 yeah. years old. It's only yeah. 45 years old. <laughs> Stupid listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, my thought about this movie, and I've probably seen this movie 300 times, and I hadn't seen it in probably 10 years before, what was it, two days ago when I watched it for, just for the show. Um, I have to say that I missed a lot of the comedy, basically two types of, well, there's two types of comedy that, that really stand out in this movie. The first one is the big, obvious, you know, um, slapstick Igor's walking down the stairs and says, walk this way. He's got a little, he's got a little cane and, and, uh, he means for Dr. Frankenstein to actually mimic him as he's walking down. Ha ha ha. Right. That wasn't, I didn't think that was very funny, but. Mm-hmm. You know, there there there's some of those that are really kind of funny, but then there's like the little subtle, the subtle looks and glances that I think are hilarious, and I think it's those kind of, that kind of humor, which I missed out. I think in, in a lot of a lot of the viewings that make this movie excellent. For mm-hmm. instance, uh, you know, we talk about how uh, in the, in the synopsis we said uh, how he is a you know a professor at, at a college. Well, there's a point where you know very first of the movie, you know, one of the first scenes of the movie. 
where he's uh, actually teaching the class the difference between voluntary and involuntary reflex. He brings in this old skinny guy, which is, you know, it looks clumsy and awkward in the first place. He, you know, he says, hey, you know what, do me a favor and uh, lift up your right leg or whatever. I can't remember exactly what he said. But so the guy does it, you know, and he's like, that is an example of a voluntary action. And then he goes, now I'm going to show you what an involuntary reaction. And, and, and basically, in his head, he's just going to scare him and startle him. So, you know, pretend to punch him. But instead of just pretending to punch him, he decides to throw in a string of, like, name-calling and profanity. Why, well, you son of a... You know, and do it right there. And it, to me, that was... that. It's that kind of humor in there that is so funny. And then and then the, the old guy's looks towards Gene, you know, after that happened, which... Did you? I mean, I don't know if you even noticed that, but to me, that's what well, made this I, movie. I did, and, and it was because he got kneed in the nuts. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, so it was so funny because he puts on the little thing so he can't react. Right. And he gets kneed in the nuts. <laughs> and then that's why he's looking that way. I, you know, I thought the, the, the funniest parts to me of this movie were Gene Wilder progressively getting more dramatic so that he's yelling his lines. Yes. And towards the end, everything is so dramatic. And every time he just gets that crazy look in his eyes, he's got the wild hair. Oh, yeah. And he just, oh, every I time he was saying, I don't think let there be life. And I'll just, oh, so funny. So funny. I don't think there is anybody who could have played this as well as Gene Wilder. Where is that guy gone? I'm I was sure. watching I, the I show. I wonder if he's dead. He's not. I don't know. No, he's not dead. Okay. And, and, uh, well, I guess we better check that for sure. But I, I'm 99% sure he is not dead. I just don't know where he's at. What's he, what's he doing? I don't know either. I know. Well, you know what? We better go check that right now because if he's really dead, we're going to sound so stupid. So according to a website called Dead or Alive Info, he is alive. Yeah, but he's just not on anything anymore. It, it looks like the last thing he was on was in uh, 2003 on, what was that show? Will, Will and Grace. Grace. Yeah, I miss that. I don't know. He, uh, I, I didn't watch that. I, you know, I really haven't seen much of him since the 80s. And yeah. Be, you know, and some of those Mel Brooks are, you know, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or uh-huh. whatever. I, can't, I don't know what year that came out exactly. That might have been the 70s. But anyway, I think he made this movie... So awesome. Yeah. I mean, everyone, I think, did a great job. I mean, there there were a couple of things that were kind of irritating. But as far as his performance and as far as, uh, what's his name, uh, Peter Boyle's performance, I thought it was awesome. Let's just go down the down the plot a little bit. So basically what we said is uh, here's uh, Dr. Fred, Frederick Frankenstein. And he chooses to go by Frankenstein because he's uh, embarrassed because of his uncle, or sorry, his grandfather, who is uh, Victor Frankenstein, who obviously brought the monster to life the first time. Anyway, so he is actually um, engaged to Elizabeth, who's played by Madeline Kahn. Who I always thought was so hot. She looks good in this. You know what? I had a crush on her all growing up. She's she's dead now. She died of like cancer or something. Oh, did she? But I always thought she was uh, hot. I cannot believe you've not seen Blazing Saddles because she looks pretty good in that too. Damn it, I'm going to watch that. Yeah, You should. I mean, it's... That's one of the, my most favorite comedy mm. movies of all time. Mm. But anyway, so uh, it, she has a real. She's kind of got a really funny character because yeah, here they are about to get married, but she will not let him put a hand on her. You know, all, all sorts of funny stuff like that. She's saving herself for marriage, and you know, which is you know, which is the choice that they sure. make, and that's good. We should respect that that's choice. Right. But um, uh, basically, he uh, Frederick. I keep wanting to say Froderick. Yeah. That's what Igor says. Because that's Igor, yeah. It was Frederick uh, uh, finds out that he has inherited this castle. Basically, he goes all the way to Transylvania. 
and uh, he meets up with, uh, like I said, the what was it, Frau Blucher, Igor, and Terry Gar, who plays Inga, and basically he just starts, you know, checking it out and whatever, and eventually he finds the uh, the secret works and laboratory of his grandfather. He starts reading through and figures, hey, this could work, and so uh, he basically does it. Um, the funny thing is, is in, in, I mean, this goes throughout the whole movie, is even though this was a, a comedy, this really had the atmosphere of, in my opinion, of uh, one, you know, one of the classic Universal mm-hmm. movies. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it was black and white, but I mean, they were excellent set pieces. I mean, when um, you know when he was starting all of his experiments, things like that, he had a whole wall of like electrical switches and things to throw. That you know, he had uh, um, like a bed that would raise up to the top to where you know the Lightning could get it, uh, Frankenstein. You know, Aaron, and, and the, the music, the, the mu- like the dramatic music Absolutely. you got. You have you know orchestra music that's playing these, these uh, you know sections as as the different things are happening. I mean, it was a oh. full blown production. Nothing held back. No. Full blown. Even when uh, he he ends up finding the secret uh, laboratory, or sorry, study when uh, Frau Blucher. I, I, that's I almost hate saying that name. It's almost embarrassing to say. Why? Because I feel like a dumbass oh. trying to trying to say a new a different Just accent. Uh, Flau, Frau Blucher. Julie, call in right now and do that. Yeah. Anyway, so well, basically, she play. I mean, it's very reminiscent. She actually plays the violin from uh, this this room and kind of draws Inga and uh, Doctor Frankenstein down there to it. And, and you know, it really reminds me of the of the the same type of thing that happened in the original Frankenstein. Uh, this actually mimics it quite a bit. I mean, obviously, it's it's. I mean, the whole mood of the film is different, but I mean, there it's. You can tell that it's pretty much based on, on. Uh, well, I don't. I don't want to say it's based on the movie, but it's based on uh, what. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's closer to the what was her name, uh, Mary Shelley's book, or the movie. I'm not sure. Well, exactly. they have the scene with the little girl in it, right? Where he walks up on the little girl. That ends completely differently. But uh, well, I mean, just just kind of based on it, though. I mean, mm-hmm. um, anyway. So, Doctor Frankenstein and Igor start exhuming exhuming body parts, starting to put this thing together. And uh, I mean, there are all sorts of awesome scenes along the way. The constable's hilarious. The constable—he's got a wooden arm oh, and man. a really thick accent. Oh. It really just sets up a lot of comedy. Um, well, you know, and basically, my my favorite part of the movie—they finally they they finally reanimate this tissue, and uh, you know, at first they're scared, and we talked about it. he he actually the monster actually escapes, and uh, you know he runs into the monster to the little girl and into the to the uh, the blind man who which is right in uh, right along with the 1941 or was it 1941 I don't know, I can't remember, but with the original Frankenstein movie, I mean, obviously what happened wasn't, but just you know that that happened. He comes back. You know, they, they figured out one of my, there, there are two scenes basically at this point that kill me every single time. The first one is they get him back and they put, they basically put him in this uh, jail cell and Frankenstein's going to go in there and try to reason with him, trying to talk to him and figure it out. He tells uh, Igor and Inga before he goes oh, in, yeah. listen, no matter what I say, no matter how hard I plead with you, do not open this door. I got you know. I've got to reach. I got to reach out to him. I've, I've got to figure this out. The second he they shut him into this, <laughs> uh, this uh, uh, 
you know, jail cell or whatever, he just starts freaking out. I was kidding, let me out! And just I will kick <laughs> the shit! <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is where all the swearing happens in the movie. Oh, man, that was oh. that part is so funny. Oh, and yeah. then he goes up and just starts kissing kissing the monster. And says, oh, you're so handsome, this and that. All just sorts of funny stuff. But basically, it ends up that, uh, you know, the townspeople the whole time are getting pretty nervous about it. So in an attempt to make the townspeople less nervous about it, what, what he decides to do is to put on a show... Showing these people, you know, how benign and, you know, and, and how good this monster is. You know, he starts off small. You know, walk heel to toe. Show them your coordination and stuff. And then this is probably my favorite part of the whole movie. And it's probably a lot of people's favorite part. When they just, all of a sudden they have these uh, tuxes on with top hats and decide to do a tap dance. Was it a tap dance or just a, I don't know. It's a tap dance. Version of putting on the Ritz. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to like say how it goes because it is so funny. And the, I remember the first time I saw that, I about died laughing. <laughs> because uh, it's just a great scene. But anyway, what happens is one of the electric lights blows up and it startles him. And hit it. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes, or cutaway coat, perfect fits. Dressed up like a million dollar trooper. Trying mighty hard to look like Gary Cooper. Come, let's mix where Rockefellers walk with sticks or umbrellas in their mitts. know what else to say about this movie going through the going through the synopsis i i mean i think this is one of the, the funniest movies that uh in my opinion one of my favorite comedies it but at the same time it had a great atmosphere of uh, you know great horror atmosphere great you know classic horror type of atmosphere 
But I don't know. I, I think a lot of the jokes on the way, some of them bombed. Some of them were really funny. I don't know. What what'd you think? Well, it's an hour and 45 minutes long. And, you know, unlike some of the other horror comedies that are out there or comedies, this thing doesn't lose steam. Uh-uh. And that's what I really liked about it. it. It kept you going. And, yeah, they're they're building off of the original Frankenstein, and so you've got all this subject material to go on. But, you know, kudos to all these guys for being creative enough and to be able to pull it off. Gene Wilder Dude, was born to it. play that part. Oh, yes. I mean, he was born to play that part. He pulled it off. And, and all like you said, all the stuff in there with Igor and his little shtick here and there, it's smart comedy. It's not forced. And I just, I enjoyed the whole thing. Oh, I yeah. thought it was awesome. Even the ending. You know, the ending's a little bit corny as far as stuff goes. Yeah. But it's happily ever after. And they, and they, they resolve it i mean it's 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 just it was a great great movie i did i did find uh basically there was one part where they they said well how are we going to put all these uh all these body parts together he said well it has to be bigger you know we have we have to find these large things so it'll be easier to put together all these uh you know the veins and stuff like that and then uh, inga comes up with with uh she she says one of the funniest synonyms for wiener i've ever heard yeah. with schwanstuka yeah he must have a huge schwanstuka and gene wilder's like well, that goes without saying. <laughs> Igor, he's going to be very popular. <laughs> no, I. You know what? Hands down, this gets a bone off for me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, without even, without even, you know, thinking twice. Uh, this actually got a uh, a lot of awards. Um, it was nominated for an Academy Award for sound in 1975. It didn't win that one. Uh, Academy Award for writing, uh, an adapted screenplay. Golden Globe Award for Best Actress, uh, which was actually for Cloris Leachman. Hmm. Um, Golden Globe Award for Best Supporting Actress, which is Madeline Kahn got that. Hmm. Um, it did win a bunch of other ones. <clears throat> it just got nominated for those. It won a Hugo, <clears throat> excuse me, a Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation, Nebula Award for Best Dramatic Writing, uh, Golden Scroll Award for Best Horror Film, Best Direction, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Makeup. Uh, so you know, and it won a, a couple of other things too. So I mean, I like I said, this this movie just kind of from all angles. I there are a few jokes that I think are really kind of dumb, but it, it's just all in fun. You yeah. know, it's all just kind of adds to the experience. And without a doubt, this is a bone saw. Oh, absolutely. And you know, unfortunately, as I'm watching this because it was done so well, I don't know if people know this or not, but when I learn things from movies, they're usually just funny stuff. Uh huh. I don't know if people know that or not. No, what? No. no. <laughs> so I, there was nothing that I could learn. So I'm like, I can't, I can't even pull anything out of this. The only thing that came close was that everybody sneaks vegetables into the into shows. That was like the only thing I could, they could even come close. And I didn't. They end that up was, throwing. Like, yeah, because like, how the hell did they get celery and all that stuff in there? But I didn't even write that down because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not even trying to take away from this. And and same with who else said that? I mean, there's there's no way to do that. Yeah, with who these else movies. said that? It's like. Well, that's they, what they they're set going you for. up, so it's basically there was, there they're was, doing their there own. There was one line, perhaps I could help you with that hump. That's the only, and, and I was like, again, I'm, I wasn't even going to disrespect by trying. So yeah, I, I really, I give this a bonus as well if I didn't say that. So, I've got a six degrees though. Yo, Gene Hackman was in Mississippi Burning with Willem Dafoe, the giant cack. Oh yeah. Who was in uh, Spider-Man with Bruce Campbell. Nice. Would you say that... I don't even know what rated this is. I assume it's... PG. Is it PG? I think it's PG. I think this is a good family flick. I mean, there's a couple of, uh, like, Schwanstuka jokes in there. I think it'd be PG-13 now. 
Really? Yeah. I think it was PG. I don't. You know, there's a couple of maybe, other, but I mean, it's not really. It's not scary. It's not. I don't know. I think just when is, the monster mounts her and they start grunting and she starts. Oh, singing, that. Oh, that's that right. would be the only thing that's that, that I think would take it up to a PG thirteen. But but anyway, th- this it's is so good. This is a good move. What's up, Bjorkage? This is Ferguson. I'm just kicking it. I'm here to tell you about the new Kadev tracks. You can stick it in your... This time, we're going to watch the classic movie Lucio Fulci's Zombie 2. So we're going to watch a movie. It's going to be cool. Record your voice. Send it in to Ferguson at cadaverlab.com. You watch a movie about dead people, they get up and they walk around because they don't know they're dead. Um, it's a really confusing movie. It's, it's cool. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense and it's cool though. It's, it's alright. Dead people! Zombies! <laughs> So watch the movie, record your voice, make sure you send it before um, November 21st. This movie's awesome. And we are back. And the next movie that we are going to be going over is Halloween 3. Now, why did we choose Halloween 3? I'll tell you why we'll choose Halloween 3. Because, you know, I mean, I, I think maybe one day we'll end up doing a... Even though we haven't finished our Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street uh, uh, shows yet. We will. We will do that. But, That's uh, you know, Everybody it, knows the podcast isn't going to end. Until, Until we freaking do start, those. you guys can start <laughs> freaking out once those two. Yeah. Once we get the last two, you never there. know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, we we're so mysterious, dude. Anyway, so um, I I did number three because basically it, it stood alone. 
You know, it was it was a uh, you know John Carpenter produced it, and so you know it was still there. It still had the same all kind of vibe from it. I mean, it well what year did it come out? Nineteen eighty two. So I mean, it still it was only four years after the original Halloween. But one of the reasons why it, it stood alone is because in number two, Mike Myers dies, and I, what was going to happen from then on out is uh, John Carpenter was going to make kind of an unrelated. Uh, you know, Halloween-based movie to come out every single year. But the problem is this one didn't do very well, so they decided to go back with the tried-and-true story of Michael Myers. But anyway, you know what, to be honest with you, well, let's get into it. Let's let's go over some of the details and we'll chat about it. Uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, came out in 1982. Listen, he just walked up out of the rain. I swear to God, that's all there was to him. Did my father say anything to you the night he died? I don't know. Your father came into the hospital. He, I thought he was crazy, out of his mind. He's hanging onto a Halloween mask. He wouldn't let it go. And what he said was, they're going to kill us. All of us. And in a little while, he was dead. I don't know what the hell is going on. I've been doing some detective work. I think my father ran into trouble somewhere between here and Santa Mira. Santa Mira, founded in 1887. Conor Cochran converted it into a toy factory. You happen to know anything about this Cochran? He's watching you, friend, I guarantee you that. Where are they taking her? They're taking her to the factory. Nothing here to indicate there was ever a body at all. Operator, this is an emergency. They're going to kill us all. Why, Cochran? Do I need a reason? I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. A joke on the children. But there's a better reason. You don't really know much about Halloween. Halloween. Between the real and the unreal. The dead might be looking at you. You've got to believe me! The last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red. Witchcraft. The last signal's a way of controlling our environment. Stop! Stop it! going to change tonight, Doctor. I'm glad you'll be able to watch it. And happy Halloween. Halloween 3, season of the witch, the night no one comes home. IMDb? Gave it a... 2.7. 3.7. But uh, it was directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, who actually has directed some other horror movies. Um, Vampires, Los Muertos. Do you know who stars in that? Vampires, Los Muertos. John Bon Jovi. Oh, that's where I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. That guy's a solid actor, man. <laughs> He's huge in his acting. 
Uh, Fright Night Part 2. I've never even seen Fright Night Part 2. I have Fright Night Part 2, but I haven't watched it. Um, But anyways, uh, typically, other than that, he's done a lot of shitty TV and other things like that. Excuse me. It was written by Tommy Lee Wallace and Nigel Neal, who did the screenplay. Produced by Mustafa Akkad, Deborah Hill, and John Carpenter, which, you know, are the people who were involved in the other two uh, uh, Halloween movies. Uh, the but uh, let's see. Just so you know, also John Carpenter did a lot of the music along with Alan Howarth in it, and it's funny because every once in a while you will hear, uh, you know, the Michael Myers theme and some of the music from uh, Halloween One, but and it's on the TVs. it's on the TV. It happens it happens two times, mm-hmm. but I remember this. The first time it was fairly obvious that they were watching the TV, and there's Michael Myers on the TV himself. But the second time I'm like, oh my gosh, that's. Uh, that's the music from Halloween, but yeah, apparently it was that's on That's that hermaphrodite that's walking across the street. What? <laughs> what? what? Jamie Lee Curtis is a hermaphrodite. Oh, no, she's not. She's no. a super female. It's the difference between a hermaphrodite. She was born with both, dude. She no, conf- she wasn't. She confirmed it. No. All right. Snopes it. Maybe she we should throw, Snopes she it just, right now. Let's do it. Well, Snopes has it is undetermined. So that means it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, where was I? Uh, the budget was two point five million, and it made its money back, and it made a little bit of money with fourteen point four million. But still, this was the least amount that that um, you know the Halloween series had gotten up to that point, uh, which was only part one and two. It was starring Tom Atkins is Doctor Dan Shallis, uh, Stacy Nelkin, uh, or the Gelfling. The Gelfling, so freaking hot. <laughs> she was. I thought she was cute. Listen, dude, Dark what? Crystal was the first time I actually I felt blood flow. Because I, one of those Gelflings, actually both of the Gelflings, which would really confuse me. Yeah, well, they're uh, kind of were, were pretty hot. Yeah, they're pretty hot. <laughs> uh, she played Ellie Grimbridge. Uh, Dan, O'Hare- Dan O'Harely played, his first name in the movie was Connell. Yeah. Is that a weird name? To, to I don't know. Connell Cochran. Especially when you put Cochran after Connell, that makes it extra weird. That is really But um, Michael Curry played uh, Rafferty. Uh, synopsis, Silver Shamrock, a mass producer of Halloween masks, planned to kill millions of innocent people worldwide. Thanks for that, douche. <laughs> Thanks for that, spoiler. Wait, wait, you know what You know what else is funny? What? Is, is I read this, it like gives the whole plot away. Oh, jeez. So, you know what? Let's just make it up. <laughs> let's just basically, let's just, you know, let's just go through the plot. Let's do it. Um, movie starts off uh, Saturday the 23rd. A shop owner named uh, Harry Grimbridge is... Uh, you know, he kind of open up. He's chased by a couple of really rough-looking uh, white guys in suits. By the way, I think all white guys in suits look exactly the same. You racist <laughs> I, bastard! I, I'm just saying. Uh, he gets chased to a gas station. Uh, basically, he's holding this uh, pumpkin uh, mask and saying, "You know, they're gonna kill us all. They're gonna they're gonna kill you guys all." Uh, guy, ta- guy, the gas station takes him to the hospital, and that's where he runs into. Well, hold on a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. This was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Uh, no, 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 Wait, the... are you about to talk about the fight that he no. had? Oh, okay. No, no, no. Because I was say that was one of no, they had no, one no. of the worst fight scenes in the world. No, no. What I really enjoyed is they started out. They they make sure that you are readily aware of this timeline that's going on. Right. Like you are not supposed to miss a beat. Right. So it's October twenty third, and this shit happens. And they do not fail to let you know that this next part happens one hour later. Yeah, that's pretty specific. It's, I, I mean, forgot. seriously. Like, you, you just know that some that. time went by and the dude made it to the gas station. Yeah. I was laughing my ass off. I'm like, are they really going to do this dude, the whole time? By the way, <laughs> there was one of the weakest fight scenes in the world where 
basically this this guy in a suit gets on top of him like he's going to give him a noogie or something, you yeah. know, and uh, and it the the camera pans away to show that there's a car kind of by there, and they're not he's just like sitting on him, you know, they're not really struggling or doing anything. Dude pulls out uh reaches a chain, pulls out uh, some blocks, <laughs> pulls a uh. You know, a car starts rolling. It was holding the car's wheels there. The car starts rolling down this little incline. And the dude on top of him didn't even move. He no. just, just kind of let it happen. The dude gets squished. Didn't even make a noise. No, it was... I mean, I... Okay. I, I'm watching this last night going, oh my gosh, I think I hate this movie. And based <laughs> on this, based on this, I, I remember why. Uh, but anyways, uh, so he shows up in the... He shows up in the, in the hospital. The, uh, the gas station guy takes him to the hospital. Uh, he's laying there, you know, and, and this is where we're introduced to Dr. Shallis, who is Tom Atkins, who, you know what, Tom Atkins is a pretty badass dude. Um, One of a handful that can get away with wearing a mustache, like even right now. <laughs> well, yeah, he still has his mustache. What was that movie he was just in? I just saw a movie he was just in, and he's still sporting that mother. Uh, I think it was in 3D even with... Uh, Oh, was it? Was he in uh, Halloween or uh, no? He was in uh, My Bloody Valentine. My Bloody Valentine. Three D. Three D. Then three D. That mustache just pops. Man. I love it. Anyway, like so I he, could see the fuzz. <laughs> he goes in, checks on this guy, uh, a, a, a white, another white guy that looks exactly the same, wearing kind of a pale suit, comes in, freaking. And I thought this was a pretty cool way to kill somebody. He sticks his his, his pointer finger and his thumb into his eyes, and then he like. Pulls out his the bridge of his nose and just like pops it. And I'm like, what a freaking terrible way to go. Yeah. And so that actually made up for the stupid ass fight scene in the beginning for me. So I was back on an even keel at that point. Um. Anyways, uh, so he's dead. Uh, his daughter Ellie shows up, you know, to try to figure out what's going on, you know, to to visit her dad and to pay her respects or whatever. And I and remind me because I don't remember exactly how this happened. But somehow she talks Dr. Shallis into solving this mystery. Because I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure she had a nipple slip. And she was, she was uh, blasting nips. Yeah, man. But uh, basically, what I forgot to mention that after the guy like popped the, 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 her, that lady's dad's bridge of her nose, he, he walks out into her, his car, covers himself with gas, and just blows, and just blows up. And uh, it was funny. But uh, I wasn't expecting that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was an unexpected turn. Yeah. So anyway, so she, so Ellie and Doctor, um, oh my gosh, Shallis, Doctor Shallis, end up going up to the. Uh, they somehow determined that the company Silver Shamrock, because this he the 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 guy who was being chased was so scared of this mask, and they're saying they're all going to kill him. So they figure, ah, you know, what we're going to do, we're going to go up and uh, visit with the Silver Shamrock people. To figure out what they're doing, they stay in this hotel and they go to this uh, town called. They go to this hotel in a town called Santa Mira. Now, this is just like a farming community, but it's it's almost like it's one of the. It's just a strange town. Everybody in that town loves Cochrane. Who? <laughs> wow! Everybody in that town loves they like Cochrane. To ride the Cochrane <laughs> and uh, who runs Silver Shamrock, which is just a novelty store. You've got everybody there. You, you the they they check into the motel. The motel owner's like, yeah, you know what? This sounds great, but only because Mr. Cochran. Anyways, they find out, um, they, they set up a time when they want to go up and show up to the, uh, to take a tour of the facilities. But, uh, well, you they, know, no, they just showed up. Well, the first time. They should, 
Oh, maybe you're right. No, they just showed up because they were looking for something, and then that other fan, the salesman of the year, had won oh, oh, to come in right. and take a tour. And he's like, "Hey, let my friends come with me." And so then they. Oh, decided that, you're to right. Go. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, well, they go see that, and, and when was it? I just thought uh, the what I was trying to bring up is the fact that there was at one point. First of all, they found out that uh, Ellie's dad had stayed in that same uh, hotel, and because uh, Ellie's dad was actually a, uh, uh, ran a toy store and was selling these masks in the store. Anyway, so. They're like there's one point where they were just like kind of they had like a half hour to to kill, and so like with nothing leading up to it, all of a sudden they just did it. No, 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 no. Not, yes, no, that is no, too. No, no, because they were they were hot on the trail of the dad, and they wanted right. to make sure they went everywhere the dad did. Right. So they needed to have sex in the same bed that the dad screwed the mask. <laughs> I'm sure that's. I know that's what was going on. You know what? That was a long setup. I apologize. If, that, if that's it, then I take everything back. <laughs> And you didn't catch that? What? But the, f- but the but the thing is, is I was thinking, man, this this Tom Atkins is pretty damn smooth, you know. But I I thought that was pretty funny. I actually watched this with my wife, and that's that's the one part out of this whole movie that she said, as oh, if that would ever happen. <laughs> it's like, have you been watching this? Have you been watching any of these other parts of this movie? Oh yeah. Oh, anyway, so um, basically. Uh, you know they. You know the town also. Just to mention, it was it was weird. It had it had like a curfew. It, it seemed six, like it was like six, six o'clock. o'clock. Yeah. It, it, there was something definitely off. Anyway, I mean to make a long story short, you know they did a tour of the Silver Shamrock. Uh, we find out that uh, through the mask, and, and we won't give too much away, but we find out that through the masks, Cochrane uh, was had a plot to kill all the children by showing them a commercial that they're supposed to watch. With the mask on and, and the eight bit graphics of the commercial flashing and stuff was supposed to set off a chip that was in the mask, and it was supposed to do really nasty things. Well, I don't, I don't want to. There was a chip, but there was other things in there. So if anybody, yeah, but what, I, I didn't understand where those other things came from. That was one giant. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't understand where snakes and oh, oh, oh i don't know where that shit came it's from. all magic we, we end up finding out that cochran is into the old but they need a magic. chip to make the magic happen no no no. or he has the little grains from the, wait wait wait, okay. wait i i don't think we should give away exactly what's part all of the right. chip but yeah it's it's a really in my opinion a pretty paper thin plot just a, they, they they reference it at the very beginning that yeah. there was there was a crime abroad yeah <laughs> but like, what the hell did that have to do with I, anything? I don't know if anybody hasn't seen this, but well, I was but, like, but you really, really shit, have to did, believe did something like that really happened. I really thought that, so, that something had been stolen. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. That's what happened. I didn't know somebody did that. <laughs> yeah, oh, you just thought they were watching the news. Yeah, like that, that was just something that happened back in the <laughs> eight, early '80s or something. How I, funny. I, yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, it, but the thing is, is in my opinion, this this has one of the like wildest and craziest. I don't even know if it's good or bad or it just the way they ended up doing it was I mean it was classic 80s you know kind of horror schlock a little bit uh, I did like the fact that he ended up being you know into into black magic and mm-hmm. he was and it was all out of the respect of the old ways and you know and stuff like that but we, I mean I don't want to give it away because you really at the end you'll be like you know what the the Mike didn't want to give this away not because it was so awesome he didn't want to spoil it he didn't give this away because 
He wanted me to suffer all the way through this to see the shitty ending. You know what? This wasn't that. Well, the ending was the abrupt ending was horrible. <laughs> well, yeah. Come on, that was not a cliffhanger. That was just obnoxious. <laughs> no, it, it's true because uh, even at the end, they had the Scooby Doo moment where he's like walking through and telling him his whole scheme. Cochran's telling Tom Atkins his whole scheme after he captures him, and and uh, it's like, oh, I want you to figure it out for yourself, and he's just like, oh, come on. But the, you know what? This is the first time I'd ever heard the terminology Sawe, and we heard it in two movies. Yeah, we did. I did not know that. Oh, so we're doing a Halloween movie. It's, that's awesome. I did yep. not know that. Anyway, I, I don't know. What what did you think about so, it? So, you know what? I actually enjoyed this movie, um, and, and I'll tell you why. The expectations were set that this had nothing to do with Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. So to sit down and watch this, it had elements of a creative story, even though there were some glaring yeah, it holes. Did, and I agree with you. I, I was like, "Damn it! This is a this is a pretty interesting story that's going along." Uh, the the chick uh, is Ellie. She's hot. I enjoy Tom Atkins. I liked him in Night of the Creeps. I mean, I liked the guy. And you know, it wasn't until the end where there were some glaring holes in what was going on. You know, the town was creepy. Um, I think what really set the tone for me, where I was like, "Damn it! I think I like this movie," was when the misfire happens in the hotel oh, yeah. it, and that was disturbingly gross that lady who yeah, had her it, face blown I open can, i can't remember her name but basically mrs she, gutman mrs gutman she was another oh, buyer yeah who was going to pick up another shipment and uh had there was a misfire with one of the masks and that was dude a, it was creepy. i have to agree with you that, that was pretty that, gruesome it was really gruesome and, and they stayed on it for a while i'm like oh shit and then the <laughs> the bug comes out of her mouth yeah. i'm like that, wow, yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty impressive. And then, and then I think they got into a fight where someone got their head ripped off, and there was some good blood squirt. Yeah, I was like, wow, you know, that was pretty good. But knowing where this movie falls down so horribly is that they made the first two Halloweens with Michael Myers that did pretty well. You no, know, the thing is, I don't, I don't know if I agree with you because really? as a standalone movie. This is okay. I, for that's age. what I'm saying. But no, okay. So, but with the name, it's kind of tough. Yeah, because then it's got to live up to. You have these first two Michael Myers movies, which are really good, and then you've now named this Halloween Three, and it comes yeah. along. It's like, oh, because people didn't know. I mean, I mean, maybe they were thinking something else was going to happen because the first two were so disturbing. Yeah. But you know, I'm going to go out on a limb. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that I wish this did better. Because I think I love the idea mm-hmm. of putting out a new Halloween related movie. Not 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 Halloween the series, but Halloween the holiday related movie every year. Like trick or treat. Exactly. They should instead of this saw pieces of shit that they keep putting out, uh-huh. they should be putting out more trick or treat. No. That was yeah. Well, well, and the thing, and then this is what he was going to do. He's going to put out a completely different story. You know, just have a series of them. And yeah, some of them would bomb. Some would be better. But I'll be honest with you, I. I am not a big fan of like uh, Halloween Part Four and Five. Like, they're okay, they're okay, but but it's it's they all kind of follow the same slasher thing. And, and listen, I'm not one to to put stick my nose up at the tried and true slasher uh, formula. I'm not, but I it w- I think it would have been awesome to give somebody a brand new palette every single year. To put out a great news, you know, and, and to be honest with you, I would have, I did like this movie. I did not hate this movie as much as I'm complaining. And, you know, we didn't even bring up the little uh, jingle for uh, oh. Silver Shamrock, and that's like that plays one of the biggest parts of, of the movie. And, and we didn't bring it up probably because if we did, we get stuck. It's in oh, my head yeah, now. It's, oh, stuck it's stuck there forever. Yeah. But I really, Do you know what song that is? Well, uh, it's uh, wait, wait, don't tell me. Uh, do, no, I don't. London Bridges. Oh duh! How did I not know that? <laughs> but but listen, I again I'll say it. 
I wish that this would have done better, so we could have gotten something brand new every single year. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I hated all those other movies, but I'm gonna say it would have been great to get something new every single year. Mm-hmm. But anyway, as far as this movie's concerned, I don't know. What do you? What, what do you give it? I give this a wa- uh, yeah. uh, rent a, a rent box. Yeah, you know, I give it the same thing. However, I there are just a few parts that really torch this movie for me. Oh, man, yeah, I guess I'll stick with Redbox, but I'm not gonna only because Tom Atkins is awesome. Mm-hmm. I I don't know why, but that guy's just kind of badass. And she was hot. She was I hot. mean, those sex scenes they were a little steamy. And you know what? We didn't even get a mammary count on this, even though you can like see through the shower. There was a side boob, you, like, side yeah. boob, and a little muff action. Whoa! Yeah, before she put her towel on, and then like he takes her uh, her top down, but he covers it up with his mouth before he can say anything. Ah, that son of a bitch! But she was still hot. Yeah. I thought she was no, good agreed. looking. Agreed. So, anyways. Yeah, so I guess we'll give it... You know, I'm so tempted to say AMC, but, you know, I'll keep it. I'll All keep right. it at a red box. So I learned a couple things. If you just say you don't have uh, diseases, you can be a homeless bum and share drinks with anyone. Ah, uh, yes. And the other thing I learned is Tom Atkins could kick Houdini's ass. <laughs> that guy got out of something that was... It was incredible. And, yeah. and to throw the mask the way he did over the camera when he oh, was still yes. tied up, incredible. You In- should watch that. It, 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 it was, it was little things like that that just made me the, shake the my head. But you know, but I'll out. tell you what, it made me laugh. And yep. if, if, if this movie was entertaining, if not a masterpiece, it was definitely entertaining. And I, I'm going to watch this again. Yeah. But I'm going to still laugh at the same stupid shit, right. and I'm going to still enjoy myself watching it. Yep. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it. It's going to affect my life or change my perspective on the horror genre at all, though. So I have a who else said that? Okay. I don't have any diseases or anything. Can I have a drink? And that is a vagina to a douche. <laughs> sorry, sorry. All right, and then at uh, six degrees, Michael Curry was in Sudden Impact with Clint Eastwood, who was in Pink Cadillac with Bill Mosley, who was in Army of Darkness with Bruce Campbell. Bill Mosley was in Yes, Pink- he was. I never saw Pink Cadillac. I didn't either, but it went to him with Clint Eastwood. Uh, a, couple of, a couple of fun notes that I got off of uh, IMDb. Uh, the voice of the operator that Shallis kept getting, you know, he tried yeah. to call out and whatever, that was Jamie Lee Curtis. No way, yeah, really. Yeah, uh, she was using her female voice. At the I, you call her Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm going to call her James Lee Curtis. Let's do that. <laughs> that way we're that we're, way we know we're where our, our yeah. Well, we'll know who believes what. It's undetermined. What. It's undetermined. That's why you're going to say Jamie, and I'll say James. That sounds good. <laughs> I should kick you in the nuts <laughs> because uh, wasn't you know what you uh, could kick Jamie's James Lee Curtis in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, all right. So, uh, all right, we'll we'll take a quick break. Attractive teens being murdered by some supernatural entity. Seen it before? Well, you've never seen it quite this way. Wait a minute. It's audio. They can't see anything. Shh. Stay on script. <laughs> when a woodshop project goes horribly wrong, woodshop. You could be replaced. Uh, right. <clears throat> woodshop. Right. Horribly, horribly wrong. It's up to an assorted group of teens led by the school mascot to stop them. <laughs> okay, that's it. Listen to Prom Evil at 19 Nocturne Boulevard's new feed at http colon slash slash 19 Nocturne, and that's 19 spelled out, 19nocturne.libsyn.com. Podcasting in four parts on October 10th, 17th, 24th, and 31st. Woodshop! Woodshop!
All right, we are back. I think with one of the the better movies that we have. This, you know what? Even though we did Halloween three, and we thought it was, I think that uh, I enjoyed watching every single one of these movies, and then uh, Young Frankenstein and this movie, which uh, we're about to talk about, were both great. We're just freaking great, and mm-hmm. our uh, Young Frankenstein's been a classic. This one has got to be a classic. Mm-hmm. I mean, this one will move on as a classic. Talking about Trick or Treat, um, it came out in. Uh, it was actually slated for release in October of two thousand seven. Um, but it, you know, it didn't end up getting released. It played some film festivals. Uh, you know, when it was shown to critics, it didn't actually uh, get released to DVD until fairly recently. In fact, uh, what was it? It was earlier this month of October, uh, two The IMDb gave it a 7.4. It was directed by Michael Doherty, who wrote the screenplay for Superman Returns. Oh, I, really? I did not like Superman Returns. Uh, yeah. I, you know what? The, the problem is with Superman is I think it's going to be hard to replace Christopher Reeve with... Because that guy was just the like... The dude went iconic when he fell off the horse and then and, and then No, no, died. no. I, I disagree no, he, he was He was really good at Superman, but I'm just saying he was excellent and really awesome. I love that. I lo- but it's like Jack Nicholson and the Joker. I mean, you can you if you do it right, yeah. you can bring someone in that's going to kick ass, but once he died from that stuff and he was such a hero, yeah. I mean, it, you can't really... Um, it's, it's, it's harder. Let's I just saw him way. on South Park a bunch of times and thought he was... <laughs> what? What? Nothing? <laughs> that is so... Wow. If we cut out my thing earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's on South Park. 
Wasn't he? I, South Park, he was like sucking babies' guts and then he'd get power. Anyways. Oh, <laughs> anyway, uh, he also wrote the screenplay for Urban Legends Bloody Mary. I have and not the, seen that. The only reason I bring that up is because it was filled, or, excuse me, filmed at uh, West High oh. in uh, Salt Lake City, which, by the way, is the ultimate rival to East High, where High School Musical was filmed. Well, let me tell you something That's a right bitter now. rivalry. In the next few episodes, we need to do a, a Utah episode. I think we should. And we need to do um, uh, Troll 2 or whatever it's uh-huh. called. And we need to do that one, uh, Bloody Mary, and then another one that was done here. There was, I think, uh, Carnival of Souls from like uh, I can sometime in the 60s. Came out. Anyways, we'll, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll, right. we'll work through that. Um, let's see. On this one, the budget was $12 million. Uh, It starred Dylan Baker as Steven, or the principal. Anna Paquin is Lori. Brian Cox. We will not. That we will not. That say was anything, close. But Brian Cox, um, as Mr. Krieg. Leslie Bibb played Emma. Uh, Rochelle Eyes played Maria. Quinn Lord played Sam. Lauren Lee Smith played Danielle. And there's there was a shitload of people in this movie. The reason there, or the reason there were so many stars is because basically this had five stories going on at the same time. Um, I mean, we've all seen Pulp Fiction. And uh, it was basically told the same way that was, where there's a bunch of different groups who keep running into each other. I like that format. Oh, I, yeah, I think this is great. So anyways, let's get into the synopsis a little bit. Uh, it is said that Halloween is the night when the dead will rise to walk among us, and the other unspeakable things roam free. All the rituals of All Hallows' Eve were devised to protect us from their evil mischief. Excuse me, and one small town is about to be taught a terrifying lesson that some traditions are best not forgotten. Nothing is what it seems when a suburban couple learns the dangers of blowing out a jack-o'-lantern before midnight. Four women cross paths with a costume stalker at a local festival. A group of pranksters goes too far and discovers the horrifying truth buried in a local legend. And a cantankerous old hermit is visited by a strange trick-or-treater with a few bones to pick. Uh, Costumes and candy, ghouls and goblins, monsters and mayhem, the tricks and treats of Halloween turn deadly as strange creatures of every variety, human and otherwise, try to survive the scariest night of the year. What do you think? Well, like like we talked about, I think this movie was so well done as far as the interweaving of the stories, and you've got these characters that are dynamic, and I think they did it in the exact perfect order. You know, you've got characters uh-huh. that come and go, and characters that die, characters that cause deaths. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just... You know, I, I really, really, really liked this movie a lot from start to finish. Just put a smile on my face as far as stuff's going. I didn't see some of the stuff coming, um, which made it really, really interesting to mm-hmm. me. So I, I loved it. You know, I don't understand, and, I, and I've heard uh, other podcasts talk about this, and I haven't really done a whole heck of a lot of research online. I mean, I've looked for reasons why this hasn't come out, and it seems like there's just a lot of speculation. For instance... In 2007, one reason you know, they would guess that one reason it didn't want to come out is because it didn't want to go against Saw Four. Well, they could have kicked it. To get, ass. I agree. They would have killed it. Well, the, the the thing is, is it's all about the marketing thing. Mm-hmm. Where I don't think that this. I mean, I saw all sorts of trailers before this movie came out, and it didn't do this movie justice. Whereas you have Saw, and in my opinion, the trailers for Saw kick a ton of ass compared to how good the movies are. If this would have come and I don't, out, and I don't hate Saw either. No, but I, it's, they just started getting weaker and weaker. But you know, if this movie would have come out a week before or after Saw, yeah, it would have done just fine. I I agree with you. Another reason uh, that was. Uh, 
maybe thought of why they didn't release it is because Superman Returns did so shitty. And they're like, ah, oh, well, this guy did that. Oh, he, this one bombed. Well, you know, what are we going to do? But anyways, when did that one come out? Um, let's see. That one I, uh, came out in 2006. Also, it was the year before. Maybe they'd already yeah. signed him on to do this one or something. I, I, I'm huh. sure that's what happened. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but um, for whatever reason, it, it didn't come out. And I don't know why they didn't do a theatrical release this year. I mean, could it have been this, the... the being scared of Saw Six, I don't know. I've heard Saw Six is actually really good, hmm. but um, you know, still, I you know, I never saw Saw Five. I have it. I did. I didn't understand it. Really? I did not get what the hell was going on. Maybe I didn't pay attention close enough in the one before it. Uh-huh. I just didn't understand. What you know, was going I saw there. four. I heard five was terrible, so I never got around to watching it. But I'll be honest with you, I liked Saw One. A yeah, oh, I, I did liked too. it a lot. I liked the. I liked number two. All right, I too. Did, you know, I didn't like number two as much, but I did like number three. But number four, I kind of lost me a little bit. I heard Saw 5 was really shitty, so I never bothered yeah. watching that. But I hear Saw 6 so far hmm. is pretty good. Um, anyways, uh, like we said, there's uh, a few, uh, five mini-stories going on. Uh, they're interwoven. It, if we, were, we can't just sit here and like we do with the other movies and tell you what happened no. chronologically because that just wouldn't work. Because, yeah, characters are coming and going in like 15-minute increments. So you can't you – know, basically what it comes down to is I think we touched on it a little bit. You've got this town legend mm-hmm. that, that ends up to be a ghost story where you've got kids that they, they, they get involved with. You know, they want to go exploit it and they try and scare people. Right. With, you know, they want to scare people in their own little – Group it, yeah, in fact, they they try to scare a girl with what they call her an idiot savant. I assume she has like autism or something yeah. like that. Who knows? They didn't exploit that at all. I mean, you didn't. They didn't research that at all. Right. Go farther with it. Then you've got like the psychotic principal guy yep. that you're like, you know, did you think that your principal is at every school? Then and know. normal looking dude. Yeah, normal looking guy. And then you've got the girls. One of them who's who's a virgin, and uh-huh. you know they're trying to hook her up on the first, you know, with her first uh, her first man. Well, they refer to her as a virgin. Yeah, and I don't. But that's all we're gonna say because okay. it's you know yeah, it's, okay, it's good. Okay. But the you know they're just the the things turning themselves on on it is is really good. And then you have got this little creepy creature, right? That's got this uh, big round head, and he's got the buttons for eyes. And I think it's on the front of the the like if you were to rent this movie, uh-huh. you'd see it on the it's front on the of cover. the case. Um, really creepy little guy, but he's he's you see him throughout in in every segment and, and in every kind of it's as it's wrapping he's kinda, up. Yeah, he's kind of the th- the the one thing that all five of these stories have in common. The the one thread keeping them together. Well, and that's not necessarily true because each of them kind of bleeds bleeds over into another one and you know they, they they're all related but there's there's one constant that he plays a small part at least in uh in all of them well and and the person who plays that mm-hmm. is the little peeping tom kid at the very beginning that's looking through at the girls in their bras oh really yeah because i was looking up the imdb before to see um what was going on with it to see if i could who that principal guy was uh-huh and uh, it it showed. I think his name. I can't remember what his name was, but anyways, he he was Sam, and Peeping Tommy. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, wow. So I I wondered if they were going to do something with that, but but it's just that he ended up being the kid in the mask. No, uh, I mean I don't I don't think that any one of these stories is I, they're they're great stories. I don't I think that um, the the beauty of this movie is how they're interwoven. And the atmosphere of the movie itself. I mean, mm-hmm. because I mean, here we are, uh, given this atmosphere of a of a Halloween party. People are dressed up. People are had a good time, and these people are doing it right. I mean, 
I mean, all the houses on the streets, you know, kind of reminds you of when you're a kid. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't seem like people treat Halloween the same way they did when we were kids. No, we're doing trunk or treats for hell's sake. I know. It's like, like people are too scared to go around to different houses, so they all go in a parking lot to go to the trunk. Stupid. That's lazy. Stupid. stupid. Come on. Let's get into it a little bit. I agree with you. And uh, at this time of year, when you have all the. You know, the, the autumn colors, you have the, the chilly, you know, now it's chilly during the day here right now, but especially in the evenings, you got that little bit. It just reminds you of Halloween. You know who doesn't get to have Halloween? Who? The freaking Canadians, because it just turns into ice. They skip over the whole yeah. like, change of colors, and it goes straight to white ice. So screw you, Canada. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're talking Just forget that we even, we're even talking about this movie right now, because it doesn't apply to you. <laughs> problem is we had a snowstorm the other day here you know what the funny thing is we get that here all the time it'll melt it'll be melted yeah. all the t- by the time that- but anyways back to the movie i don't i don't know really what else there is to say i don't want to give any of the stories away they here you know what yeah. i would say is if if by some chance anyone who is involved or trick-or-treat is listening to this podcast <laughs> we need more of that stuff and i don't need the sixth sense ending i thought the ending was really clever and good and i kind of didn't see it coming with with who is who and, and what's going on well but th- i don't need that every time if you put a good logical story together that has to do with halloween that, that you come up with these these cool characters out of nowhere and yeah. seeing you pl- play on some of the legends of Sawway and Halloween do that every year I yeah. would freaking love that I don't need the crazy oh my gosh ending that that they had that they got with this which was was awesome uh-huh. but just give me something creative you and, good. and I think the difference between I mean you, you mentioned six cents ending and I, I can kind of see where you're coming from sorry <laughs> I can kind of see where you're coming from with that uh, but the thing is is the difference between this and six cents and I, I really like the six cents However, this movie delivers throughout, mm-hmm. all the way through. Whereas, in my opinion, The Sixth Sense, it was a lot of buildup, and it paid off in the end. Uh, the Sixth Sense, I loved The Sixth Sense, you know, the first time I watched it. And right. I, you know, I still liked it. But the thing is, is there were parts in the middle where I'm just like, oh, come on, mm-hmm. let's, let's move this along. Let's keep mm-hmm. going. And that didn't happen in this movie. I mean, yeah, the, the very, very ending was kind of like that, but you know what? I don't think it would. I don't think it relied on that at all. Well, and I, you don't figure it out until the kind of the end of the second segment. I, I didn't understand kind of what the timeline was going to be and how things uh-huh. worked. You know, the, the first the first segment happens. You're like, oh my gosh! Like when that fat kid starts throwing up, uh-huh. that was so disgusting. Uh-huh. But when this whole segment, when it when it works its way all the way out, I'm like, wow, yeah. that's cool. But then there's you know, it says earlier in the evening or later or something, uh-huh. and so you get into this next segment, and I don't think it was until the maybe it was the third segment with Anna Pack one, yeah. Whatever one that was, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, really? So this is okay. This is all over the place. I see how things are tying in. Right. It's just awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, kudos to this movie. Really, I really like this movie. Even though I hated uh, Superman Returns, you dickwad, yeah. I did. Lo- I did really love this movie. I give it a bone saw. I give it a bone saw too. Definitely one you should check out. I would. Watch, I'm going to watch this every year. For you know, and the thing is, is I mean, this isn't meant for children, obviously. But I mean, this is this is one that kind of I don't know why, but it kind of reminds me of when I was a kid. I mean, mm-hmm. we mentioned yeah. just just because the Halloween spirit, kid, you know, people getting excited for it, and you know, this I think this this movie will be uh, will stick around for a long time. Now, well, hopefully, it's not gone and and forgotten about by next year after me saying that. You know, and I want to bring something up about it, kind of bringing you back a little bit. I was walking through the store. Uh huh. 
and I'm just minding my own business. And I'm there's uh, two of the, the store workers, like a probably 16 year old kid and a 17 year old kid, or uh-huh. maybe they're both 16. I don't know. Uh-huh. But anyways, they're teenagers. And the one kid, and I'm not really paying attention because I'm looking for uh, egg noodles for okay. the soup. Anyways. Uh-huh. So I'm just watching, but I, I hear one of them say, so are you going to come? And he's like, nah, I think I'm going to go check out Flo. What's that? It's that ghost that we saw. Oh, And really? I knew right away, as soon as he said Flo, and only because we went and looked it up since we've been doing the yeah, podcast. That's right. So as soon as he goes, nah, I think I'm going to go check out Flo. And I could not resist. I'm like, have you seen that before? Uh-huh. He's like, no, but I've heard about it. I'm like, well... I've, I've seen it. You're going to think I'm a crazy old man uh-huh. for saying this because it happened 15 years ago. But I was with three buddies. We all saw it. And the car behind us had five people in it. They all saw it. We all saw it. And I told him the story real quick. He's like, huh, yeah, really? Yeah, I've heard there's some crazy stuff. I mean, he was just, you know, he's oblivious to it. But I, I it took me back for a second. Uh-huh. And and how cool that was. So this movie, I, I definitely see with like the kids in it, and the, and the, the they they're just going to exploit the story, right? And not thinking anything's going to happen, but then it does. And yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. That could have that could have very well been us. <laughs> so, anyways, I, you know, cool. No, I agree. Um, so I've got uh, no mem- I, <clears throat> memory count for two on this. Where where did the other one? Go? Oh uh, right, the okay, the sex movie, and then when uh, Anna Paquin part, it's not her, but it's well, it's, who cares about her because yeah. you didn't see hers in True Blood. Yeah, great. Yay. Um, what did I learn? Why you should never decorate your front yard. I learned that in the first part. <laughs> uh, and then don't don't disrespect Halloween. There's freaking rules. There shit. is. There might be a midget shit. running around about That's to right. kill you. You freaking respect Halloween, bitches. You do. <laughs> you do. Um, uh, who else said that? You won't do it tomorrow. You'll sleep until noon and then play video games until four. That's my wife. <laughs> about everything that I do. Uh, so. <laughs> and then a six degrees, Dylan Baker was the principal or uh, the teacher in Spider Man. Yeah, he was. So, How about that? Right to Bruce Campbell. <laughs> I'm so lazy with that tonight. <laughs> Uh, that's great. These were these were some good fun movies to watch. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna try to get this out so people can actually listen to this by Halloween. But I, but uh, if not, the I mean I don't think you can still watch these movies after Halloween's over. Definitely check check them out. Um, is there anything else you have? Nope. Okay, cool. Uh, just so you know, I'm gonna tag tag on the the interview that I had with Rob Best. Make sure to check out his book Lakewood Memorial, and uh, all the information is in that. Uh, uh, interview so remember to if you want to get a hold of us email us at mike at cadaverlab.com or sam at cadaverlab.com keep the voicemails coming 206-339-2730 that is 206-339-2730 notice it's easier for me here since we're back in the studio i yeah. don't have to I don't forget what the number is nice anyways awesome so from the cadaver lab we will see you later So I am here with Robert R. Best, the illustrious author of uh, Lakewood Memorial, Ooh, and also illustrious. you're basically should be well known to all of my listeners, I think, um, <laughs> c- because of a couple of things. First of all, you do your "Don't Look in the Podcast," which yes. you know is which is hilarious. But, but I think the Cadaver um, Lab listeners far outnumber our. We are much. Well, we're we're far more small time than you guys. Well, you know what I. Yeah. <laughs> We'll see. Anyway, okay. but also, listen, I, Robert agreed to come on the show today. I wanted to talk to him about a couple of things. First of all, um, we'll get to we'll get to Lakewood Memorial, but yeah. I also didn't want to. I wanted to talk about 
um, all kinds of things kill a little bit. And mm-hmm. I, I basically, why don't you go ahead and explain uh, what that is and uh, where people can find it? Because I think that's fantastic. Well, All Kinds of Things Kill um, was my first short story anthology that I finally decided to just put out myself back in summer of 2008. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, they were nine stories I had that were ready, some of which I'd shopped around um, to various, like, webzines and stuff, but no one had taken. Um, And some of them were ones that I hadn't actually shopped around, but they were done. And so I finally, actually at uh, my wife Laura's um, suggestion, just decided to put it out myself. And I also did an online uh, blog version, and you can also get it as a patio book. Right. And while the amount it sold wasn't fantastic, um, the exposure it got uh, far exceeded my expectations. The blog one still gets a lot of hits per day. Oh, that. Yeah. That. and I'm that I think is what led to my getting the book deal with Library of the Living Dead Press to do a Lakewood Memorial. So cool. Well, where can they find the podcast at least? Oh, the podcast is available in iTunes if you just search for all kinds of things kill, or you can go to uh, patiobooks.com and get it from there. Awesome. Okay, okay. Now that that's out of the way, let's yes. talk a little bit about you, man. So, so where are you from and? Uh... And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I uh, live in M- M- Missouri. I've lived here my whole life. Um, started writing probably sometime in high school. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, before that, I wanted to be a movie maker. I had a Super 8 camera back in the 80s, and I'd make my family get together for various uh, films that I'd written the script to, and they all had to act in it. um, Nice. um, And then later on, when I couldn't really do that anymore, I switched over to writing as kind of a means to tell stories. Um, And then eventually, um, and throughout like high school and college, I wrote some stuff. I probably wrote my first finished novel early college, so that would have been around 90, 91. and then, uh, but that didn't go anywhere. I mean, I submitted it to a couple places, but this was even pre the internet. Well, the internet existed, but it wasn't to the state it was now. Um, oh, right. So basically, you would have to just go to the library or something and find a book called uh, the Writer's Market Guide. I think it was that just listed every active market for books or short stories, and I'd get addresses off of that and I'd send it. But it didn't go anywhere, which is actually good because that first novel was really pretty bad. Um, mm-hmm. But at that point, I wanted to write uh, more fantasy and more um, humor. At the time, I wanted to be more of a, um, a Terry Pratchett. Um, there was another guy that wrote a series of books called, um, I think the beginning, first book was Another Fine Myth. Um, just kind of fantasy spoofs because I really liked fantasy and I liked um, humor. And it wasn't until later, um, my late 20s, that I started to realize that I had more of a knack for writing uh, horror. And I started to go towards that, which I'd always been a fan of the genre. I just never really tried to write it. Well, I think I can speak for a lot of us when we say we're uh, we're glad you went to horror. I'm not saying I don't like fantasy. Uh I'm not saying I don't like fantasy and I don't like comedy. But, as you can probably tell... 
I am, I, I mean, there's nothing better than horror to me. Oh, yeah. Um, so also, I mean, it, let's get a little bit into the book. I mean, I, uh-huh. I don't mean to jump around so much. but That's well, fine. Uh, in the Lakewood Memorial, you have an introduction by your wife. Yes. Um, who actually, as a side note, uh, on your patio book, All Kinds of Things Kill, she reads the story. Yes, she is. And she does a fantastic job. Yes, she does. I mean, I, I was blown away. She, I mean, it was wonderful to listen to. Yeah, thank you. Um, no, no problem. She, um, she wrote the introduction, uh-huh. and she mentioned that you were, um, you know, trying, you know, obviously kind of trying to go through, basically... What I'm trying to say is that you, it seems like you started a lot into humor and things like that. And mm-hmm. Did you have a, a humor troupe or something like that Yes. As well? In high school, I had a comedy troupe. Oh, that's uh, right. We were all obsessed with Monty Python, and we wanted to be them. And we wrote our own little skits, and they weren't very good. Most of them were just knockoffs of Monty Python. But, yes, I, I did. And we actually did a little bit of performing for, like, high school talent shows. We made a couple of tapes um, because this, again, was pre when it was easy to just record a CD. We just record cassette tapes on our boom boom box. And we sent those to the old uh, Dr. Demento show. And he'd always write us back. um, And you could tell from the letters that he or whoever had written the letters, I'm assuming it was him, um, uh-huh. he had heard the tape because it referred to specific things on it, but he never uh-huh. thought the sound quality was good enough to play on the air, but still. Oh, man, that's yeah. a bummer. Yeah, but that still. That would have been pretty cool. Well, it was pretty bad. I mean, the sound quality was. But, sure. um, yeah, it would, would have been cool to hear it. But, yeah, we did all that all throughout high school. And then, actually, that's one of the reasons why when I started writing more seriously again in early college, I first started with um, humor because I was still doing uh, the comedy thing. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to direct it towards that, the writing, do like a novel. But Well, no, that, that's really interesting. Yeah. That uh, I, Dr. Demento, is he still around? I mean, I think he has a website or something. I think so, yes. I haven't heard the show in forever, but I don't know. Cool. Well, no. okay, so you mentioned that the Library of the Living Dead. Yes. Now, this is a public – now, now, explain to me what it is. I know it has to deal with Dr. Puss, but I'm not exactly sure oh, okay. uh, everything that, that that entails. Well, it started as a podcast um, done by Dr. Puss that's a uh, zombie fiction show, um, a lot of reviews of books and stuff, and then he started featuring more and more – um, stuff that was written by li- listeners specifically for the show. And I uh-huh. contributed a few things for that, and he liked them and he played them. And then later, even though the show is specifically geared toward zombies, he agreed uh-huh. to play the All Kinds of Things Kill, the audio book. Oh, nice. And a lot of people responded really well to that. Yeah, I think that's actually where I first uh, heard that. Okay. It was on his show. Yeah. Uh, it got a lot of exposure through that, and then that was received so well that then later, after that, he started up a small press, a li- library of li- living dead books. Uh-huh. And um, I mentioned that I was writing a zombie novel, and he signed it like sight unseen. He hadn't even read the book yet. In fact, the really? book wasn't even done. I'd written oh, wow. maybe the first third of it, and so I really had to rush to finish the book um, to yeah, get it but to him. I mean, I'm sure that he he knew what he was getting if well, he'd be- listened to all kinds of things. Yeah, that's 
super. Yeah, so um, that was really exciting and kind of scary because he'd signed the book without having read it, so I was concerned <laughs> that maybe he wouldn't like it when he actually got it. Uh-huh. Um, but no, he seems to have liked it, and actually, from what I understand, it's selling surprisingly well for a small press book. So, well, cool. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Well, let's ta- let's talk about it. Um, it is. It's called Lakewood Memorial. Yes. Uh, it's a book one of a zombie trilogy. Yes, there will be three. Uh, wh- okay, uh-huh. and you're and you're working on the second one right now. If I'm not yes. mistaken, it's named Ashton Memorial. Right. right? Uh huh. Okay. Well, let's uh, tell us a little bit about the book. Well, Lakewood Memorial, uh, Lakewood is a small town um, set, um, in my mind, it's in rural Missouri, um, if you've Uh ever been in that area, kind of the rural southern Midwest. Um, It's it's not, I think there actually is a Lakewood, Missouri, but it's not the model for the town at all. The town is completely fictional. Lakewood Memorial is the name of the hospital in the small town, which is actually inspired by a hospital. Even the basic floor plan of the hospital is nearby here where I live. Um, and But, again, it's not the same name as the hospital. Right. Um, but um, we were in that hospital quite a bit. Uh, Laura's mom has a lot of health issues, and she's in and out of the hospital quite a bit, so I've spent... We both spent quite quite a bit of time there with her, and I remember walking around the hallways late at night when we were there with her when it was kind of mm-hmm. dark and quiet in there and thinking this would be a great setting for the zombie book I was cons- considering. Um, well, yeah, hospitals are a terrible place to be, but I guess yeah. uh, you made the best of it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Laura and I would sit and discuss all different things, like what would you use for a weapon if you were trapped in here? Um, because the characters being trapped in a hospital, they don't have easy access to guns or anything like that, which right. most characters in a zombie novel would immediately go to get to get the guns. But it was uh-huh. fun to write a situation where guns weren't weren't really an option mm-hmm. um, when the zombie attack hits. So anyway, to get back to it, the main character is named Angie Land. She's a young single mom who. Um, she is working as a nurse's aide at the hospital, which is um, basically they are the helpers for the nurses. So they do stuff like um, they um, change the sheets, they clean up after the patients, stuff like like that. Um, mm-hmm. And her kids are at home when um, and she's at work when the zombie attack hits. So she's trapped at the hospital and the kids are trapped at home and they're both trying to get to each other is the main crux of the book. So, what kind of besides walking around the hospital? I mean, what kind of research did you have to do to set it up? Or, I, in in that plus, I've always been fascinated with how with the. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't know how to do this at all. Uh huh. But I I would think it's fascinating on how somebody would have to piece together a book and you know you know how they keep everything straight and how do you do that? Well, um, keeping everything straight, I do a lot of outlining beforehand. Um, I used to, when I was younger, just kind of write and see where it goes from there, but I'd end up with, with, with a huge mess that was so much work to edit that I'd almost give up by the end. So I do work oh, really? a lot of it out beforehand. So before I write, I've got the basic structure of the book set in mm-hmm. my head, and I know who the characters are and everything. 
Um, oh, cool. Research I did, Laura's mom was actually a huge source of information because she worked as a nurse's aide back when she was younger. Oh, really? Okay. So I got a lot of insight from her as to what a normal shift would be like, what kind of resources they'd have available in the small, <laughs> small, small town hospital. Um, a lot of information came from her. Okay. Um, I've got to say, man, a couple of the descriptions that you used in the book and uh, a couple of the parts, uh, I just have to say that you're kind of a sick dude. What, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> well, I knew it was a zombie book, so I thought, well, if it's a zombie book, you need to have a lot of gore. So I tried everything I could to ramp up the gore to make sure it was good and gross. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that those parts were a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah. I'll bet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just trying to model them after the Romero films, you know, when the gore comes, it's always thick and heavy, so I was trying to emulate oh, yeah. the same idea. Okay, so uh-huh. what made you decide to want to do a zombie book? That a actually, trilogy. I had the idea years and years ago, back when I first decided I was going to write um, horror, and um, uh-huh. it was actually Laura's prodding, because she loves zombie movies also, and she said, write me a zombie book, and it oh, took cool. me five or maybe even seven years to finally get it done uh, um not that i was writing that whole time but i had the idea in the back of my mind the whole uh, time which is actually something that's kind of concerning me now because in a sense i'd worked out lakewood over the course of like five to seven years and ashton is maybe going to be <laughs> less than a year in the oh, de- wow, okay. development and writing so hopefully it'll <laughs> hold up it's also going to be longer but um yeah, it was basically my wife's idea originally, and I've just been working on it in my head for a long time. Now, I've got to tell you, I, I was I was kind of lucky because I had a train, a work training, and so, so I had a lot of time just to sit and read it. But I've got to mm-hmm. tell you, man, I... I did not want to put it down and go back to class. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, no, I this, I, this was, I mean, I really enjoyed the book. Uh, let me ask you one thing, and this isn't t- this isn't just about uh, Lakewood Memorial necessarily. This mm-hmm. is about every. I'm going to assume that you're a zombie expert, okay? Oh well, <laughs> but okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let, allow me that assumption. Okay. Um, so there is no reasoning behind why there is this sudden outbreak of zombies. Yeah. Now, why do you think that's effective as opposed to kind of understanding why it is, you know, what's going on in the background? I've always preferred that, like in the Romero films where there is no explanation. Um, So I kind of like that. I think it adds to the fear of it where it's just this chaos is just suddenly occurring and no one really understands why. Uh Um, I think zombie stories, when they're at their best, are basically disaster stories. It's just instead of there being a tornado or a flood or a fire, it's just um, zombies. And um, it's more more about the characters and their response to what's going on than it is about the details of the event itself. Uh Okay. You know, I'll buy that. Okay. Um, So if I were to ask you, is it some kind of demonic spell or something, you wouldn't tell me. I wouldn't tell you right now. You may oh, know okay. by the end of the third book. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was going to ask you where are you, where are you going to take the uh, the trilogy because I mean this is this leaves a lot open. I mean this mm-hmm. this seems like it's it's kind of a um, it takes place in a small small area. 
Yeah. You know, one tiny little corner of, of where this zombie apocalypse or, or whatever you want to call it is mm-hmm. happening. So where are you going to take it from here? Um, from here, they make a passing reference to Ashton in Lakewood. Ashton uh-huh. is a bigger town. Like, basically, if... Um, where I live right now, we are we are about two hours away from St. Louis. So in my uh-huh. in my mind, Ashton is St. St. Louis compared to the small town that the book takes takes place in. So the oh, okay. characters uh-huh. are going to travel there. Eat one. Um, I don't want to give away who lives and who doesn't, but well, no, they no, all will have a reason to travel there. Um, uh-huh. And they're going to be headed in that direction. And Ashton Memorial is the name of a zoo there that's central to the whole book. To Ashton. Oh wow! So it's not just it's not another hospital. No, it's a zoo. This one is going to be a zoo. Wow! You know what? I am looking forward to that. That could, <laughs> that could get a little freaky. Yeah. <laughs> Which no? Okay. So, but what you're saying is we may find out what's causing all this. Yes. I, you know what? I'm I'm the kind. I mean, I'm I realize that this isn't like everybody's favorite way to deal with the zombie movie but i i mean i i personally love like a deep backstory Mm -hmm. that is maybe maybe i my brain can't fathom these things or something Uh i don't know but but uh no i i don't know so i'm always i'm always hoping one for that i i just pretend the romero zombie ones are um some kind of uh the, the you know the no more room in hell thing right uh, yeah that's creepy yeah so yeah i like that a lot right even though that's not probably not what it what it's really supposed to be anyhow so. well i heard romero is going to be writing a novel that's going to explain the backstory that's what i heard really yeah wow i'm i am excited for that yeah. what uh anyway we're not talking to romero okay again. but everybody look look out for that i guess yeah so okay, so basically, what uh, what's been your experience uh, putting out your book and uh, you know, I guess kind of feeding it to the masses? I know that you did it with your patio book. Yeah, but I mean, you sent this over to me. I mean, this is a tangible, you know. Yeah. So, you know, it's putting yourself out there. How's it gone? Um, it's really cool. I I'm really excited about it. Um, I've been pretty much all the response has been positive to the book. Oh, good. And in a way, it's almost kind of scary now to be writing Ashton because this is the first Uh time I've written anything with the idea that people are going to read it because I know from the response that Lakewood has gotten that there's at least a small group of people who want to know what's going to happen in Ashton. So there's almost a sense of pressure about this one that I've never felt before. So I'm still oh, really? not sure okay. how I feel about that. We'll have to see. <laughs> um, but for the most part, it's been a lot of fun. Um, Doc Doctor Puss invited us up uh, to Horror Realm, and we had yeah, I saw we, those pictures. yeah we had a table set up there to sell the book. We had a lot of good response from from that. We sold <laughs> all but a handful of them that we brought with us, which I don't know how much that was. We never got the numbers, but we came uh, with quite a few and we sold quite a few. So that that was cool. And uh, we got uh, we yeah exciting we got we got to meet a lot of people and um, up there and that was actually the first horror convention that Laura and I had ever been to so oh, uh, cool. that that was a lot of fun so it's been really exciting um, it's been a really exci- exciting experience but now I'm very conscious of the um, pressure for the second book now so 
So uh, just to put a little bit more pressure on you, when are you expecting to put out Ashton Memorial? <laughs> Ashton will be out at the latest by fall of 2010. My original okay. goal was to have it out in time for next year's Horror Realm. But now we're considering pushing it to maybe spring or summer of next year. And then okay. maybe have the third book out by the end of 2010. I don't know yet, though. Do you, I assume that you've already um, outlined everything in all the in, in that book as well in the third book? Not in the third book quite. I know roughly what's going to happen, but I haven't done the degree of outlining that I would like to yet. Oh, That's cool. why I say I think you're going to learn, but I'm not 100 percent sure yet. Oh man, so, <laughs> holding out on yeah. Uh, so okay, well, uh, I really appreciate you coming on the oh, show. Thank you, thank you for the uh, opportunity. I mean, this, this has been. I I have to tell you, I really enjoyed the book. And thank it's, you. And it's amazing that you just sent me a free one to read and check out uh, with this quality. Um, so where should they go to? Uh, Either get a copy of Lakewood Memorial or, or check out some of your other stuff? Um, they can just go to my main website, which is www.robertrbest.com. And okay. you can also just search for the book on Amazon. It's available there. So, As well as all, all right, kinds would, of things go. So. You know, is that in book form? Actually, yes. yes. Only check, oh, okay, cool. It does exist in book form. And actually sales for that have gone up a little bit from Lakewood, so... That's been pretty oh, cool, oh, too. Good. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. Do you have anything else that you want to tell the Cadaver Lab listeners? Uh, love your junk. <laughs> to go back to a blast from the past? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, thanks a lot for Thank coming Thank you. On. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. All right, man. Thank you. Bye-bye.